BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Warning. The Outsider's Edge contains strong opinions, unconventional views, and contrarian stances. Listen, if you dare. Hey, yo. As we were brought in by the fire zone, the time would give all deference to. I'd like to welcome you to another episode of The Outsider's Edge. Of course, if you're listening, this is your boy Rance, a.k.a. Ray Cash. Uh, Carl couldn't make it today. This is uh, kind of a, we're not recording on a normal day. He'll be back next week. But I do have the self-proclaimed, I gave him the name, Sage of the Squared Circle. I got my boy Kyle Morris with me. What's up, sir? How y'all doing tonight? You know, it's uh, been an interesting week in the squared circle. It's been an interesting week. The draft is always an interesting time. I want to pour one out for the New Day real quick, though, because, like, they made me cry. Oh. Oh, yeah. I ain't even going to bullshit and be one of those people that's like, oh, it got real dusty in there. Oh, I was cutting onions. Like, nah, they made me straight up cry like a little bitch. After the match, when they uh, when they were hugging, Woods took his uh, his tag title and just threw it away, just so he could hug E and Wood and Kofi more. And like like that that yeah, ooh, are they the best trio of all time? For my money, for my money, for sure. Like I, I know, I know shield, that I know that a lot of people love the Shield, and I know, like I know you love the Shield, and I mean they don't have, they don't have the individual collective accolades of Roman and Seth and Moxley, but if we're just talking as like an actual team, an actual unit, and an actual group, yeah, it's the new day. I'd take the New Day well, over Shield. I take the New Day over 
Hogan, Hall, and Nash. I take the New Day over the Freebirds. Like for me, if we're just I have talking, I New Day too. I, I I would put them too. I think what hurt them historically was the fact that they were never a main event act, and Kofi's run changed their trajectory. I think because because all the other acts you mentioned were the main acts in their companies. You know what I mean? So like the original NWO was the main act, main event stars, world champions. The Freebirds literally were the main event. Uh, attraction in every uh, territory they were in. The New Day was just a tag team act that in sold a bunch of merch. Defense, though, a lot of in their defense, though, in their defense, though, I want to bring up the merch thing because in their defense, they weren't given the opportunity to be the main event because of Vince's philosophy towards tag teams. Vince does not believe in tag teams as the main event. But you brought up they were the number one merchandise seller at the height of the Yes movement, when The Shield is doing all of their shit, when all these other acts are super, super popular, who is pushing the t-shirts? Who is selling the unicorn horns and the cereal and all the other shit? The New Day. So to me, that tells me, that tells me that they could have been the main event and people would have showed up because people didn't just buy that merch in a vacuum that didn't happen because a lot of the merch a lot of the merch money another thing people don't realize a lot of the merch money is why they do so much house shows like they sell a lot of that merch on them house show tours and that means Mm -hmm. that when people like you are taking people like mckinley or when people like brother carl are taking his children to the wrestling shows and they're buying the merchandise what are they buying? They're buying New Day shirts and New Day horns and bootios and all that other shit. And so if people are willing to buy the merch, they were probably willing to buy a ticket just to see the people whose merch they were wearing. No, that's a good point. And, and they were always, I think, three. And I think there are two to me. Um, but it's hard to... It's, it's, it's hard to be a stable that started as... Roman said something in, I believe it was Ambrose's um, Chronicle, where he said that they're the only stable in history that were made by the stable. The stable didn't, it, like, they were nobodies in in the WWE sphere. There were three rookies that debuted as nobodies, and they le- they ended up breaking up officially as the three top guys in the business. And that's never happened before. And then, I think we forget that as a group, as the Shield, they have like three or four tag reigns as well. So it wasn't just singles titles. Like, and more importantly, they redefined the six-man tag match. I think that's a that's an important, at least in WWE, because I know you know in the lucha sphere, trios are a big thing, but at least in mainstream American WWE wrestling, they redefined a six-man tag. I think it's close. I think it's close, but I give the edge to the Shield because three world champions. I mean, Roman's the top guy in wrestling. Ambrose is the top guy outside of WWE, and Rollins may be the best of the three. You know, and Big E could change that. You know, Big E get a good title run eventually. We'll see. See, I mean, 
you know, again, uh, individual accolades are great. They are, but your question to me was the best trio. And at the end yeah, of the day, right. uh, for me, the other the the big thing there that also comes to it for me is I don't think of the Shield collectively as a trio unless you bring up the Shield. I can think of Roman as Roman. I can think of Seth as Seth. I can think of Moxley as Renee's husband. But <laughs> I can't... His best accolade. <laughs> I can't think of the trio within the New Day without thinking of the New Day. You can't bring up Xavier uh, Woods, PhD, without me thinking of it. Even Kofi. You can't bring Kofi up to me and I don't think of the New Day. Kofi had nah, a career man, I was, the I was big into Kofi Jamaican had a career. Okay, yeah, you were you were into the Jamaican me crazy. Rance, you bring this up to me all the time about objectivity and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was into Jamaican me yeah. crazy Kofi Kingston, too. Don't get me wrong. I loved fake Jamaican accent Kofi on WWE CW. I loved the Tuesday Night Delight, John Morrison's first ECW championship run. I was into that hour of television for the mediocrity that it was. Um, but t- you ask your average fan, even your average fan, as much respect as they have for Kofi, you mention Kofi Kingston, and I guarantee you one of the first things out their mouth is the New Day. Even if they talk sure. about his WWE and, uh, and, uh, championship run, that happened because New Day rocks. I agree with you. I do think a big part of that, too, though, is that, you know, we only remember what recently happened. And he's been a part of New Day for six plus years now. So, like, not a lot of people are going to remember something that happened in 2010, something that happened in well, 2012. You're right. You know, you're because right. look, Again, look, think about Woods and TNA. Well, oh, I love, I was here for Consequences Creed. Uh, but anyway, no, you're right. But again, I would still argue that, like, outside of his original feud with Randy and then subsequent acknowledged burial afterwards, like not hyperbolic, acknowledged burial afterwards. Mm-hmm. He was never given the opportunity to be more than like an occasional secondary champion who had good matches. And then New Day no, got yeah, yeah. over in a way that they afforded him bigger spotlights. Because like New Day the brand split also helped New Day a lot in the sense that, like, it drew, it drew, I think, even more attention to the way that they carry a show. Them and the Usos both. I think that the brand split really helped people understand how good those teams are. I agree. I agree. And... If we're talking about those two uh, words of Harper and uh, Rowan, Brody, because you got to throw them in there too, because they they played a part in, in those, the kind of the tag team resurgence for however long it was, um, and all of the Cesaro's tag teams, Cesaro and Shinsuke, Cesaro oh, yeah, and like, Sheamus, Cesaro and Kid. The the yeah. most prescient the most prescient point that Graves made on commentary on Friday was like. Cesaro is the ultimate nemesis of the New Day. Like at every 
at every iteration, Cesaro had a new partner to try to take down the New Day. Yes. <laughs> the yes. defining arc of Cesaro's career <laughs> is the revolving cast he used to try to take out the New Day. Oh, uh, but ultimately he finally won because he, he finally did. broke him up. He did. Um, so in talking about <laughs> in talking about the draft, do you have any um, thoughts about it? Do you have any takeaways? My biggest, I think my biggest gripe coming out of the draft is I didn't like that a lot of the feuds seem to draft together. Because I view the draft as an opportunity for us to, like, reset in a lot of ways and to, like, be able to casually transition out of some of these longer-term feuds. So, like, for example, I'd have been cool with both Seth Rollins and Murphy both going to SmackDown. But I'm not as cool with Rollins, Murphy, and the Mysterios all going to SmackDown. Because that basically just means that you took that feud from Monday, and now we're going to see this exact same feud on Friday. Like, Yeah, that, yeah pretty that, much. Um, you, know, you, yeah. you saw the same thing with Kevin Owens and that guy. I don't know his name. That guy. God. Yes, he's he's speaking. He's speaking of the of the wonderful Alistair Black. But yes, Ooh. go on. I don't know. Who go ahead. Is. Keep cooking. Go ahead. Um, but you, you know. saw keep, you saw the cooking. same thing there. Like they've been feuding for quite a while, and they are both now on SmackDown. You saw um, AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy are now both on Raw. Uh, so it just. I didn't necessarily like that aspect of the draft. It's like, why, why are so many of the people who have been feuding for a long time both being sent to the new show instead of just, like, leaving one party and bringing someone else new in? Well, in the Mysterios and Murphy and Robin's defense... I feel like there is a drastic change in that the story is no longer about the greater good versus the Mysterios. The story is, can the Mysterios trust Murphy? Seth is kind of almost a misnomer at this point. Because the real, the real issue is between Murphy, Aaliyah, and a scoring dad and brother. And Rollins just kind of, it's like the zombies in The Walking Dead. They're the scenery of the show, but they're not integral to the show anymore. I am just, I am just so not here for the Mysterios being the new McMahons. <laughs> well, when Angie, when Angie gets some, some screen time, they're the new McMahons. You've got Dad Ray. You've got Son wants to be a wrestler now, Dominic. You've got the daughter that nobody gives a flying fuck about who's all of a sudden a love interest for a random superstar. And are they going to have... We don't know that yet. If this culminates 
in a Buddy Murphy and what's a Leah Mysterio wedding that gets broken up by Dominic. So Buddy Murphy and Dominic have a last man standing match at fucking SummerSlam. Love for a lever. <laughs> Rest in peace to my homeboy test. Rest in peace to my homeboy test. Um, how did you it, feel it, about it, Mickey? Michaels? <laughs> <laughs> how did you feel about Mickey and Andrade being um, undrafted? I mean, you know how I feel about the way that Mickey James is perpetually disrespected. This is like one of the top women's wrestlers of all fucking time, and she does not get the flowers she deserves. So I have I've I have, I've read some uh, reasonings behind why those two, in particular, were not drafted. Would you like to know? Oh yeah, I would love to know. So apparently, WWE didn't draft people who were injured, and they're gonna miss time. And Andrade has to have surgery, and Mickey has a broken nose. So they didn't draft them because of the injuries, and then they'll break, they'll come back when they're healthy. So everybody else that was drafted is either imminently about to come back, or is healthy to go now. That's what I that's what I've read, and, and apparently is what the case is. I mean, I hope so, because I'm just not here for the Mickey James disrespect. Put some respect on her name. Well, I'm not here for the Andrade disrespect. I mean, I love Andrade too. I'm not saying I'm not trying to disrespect Andrade in that sense. I'm not as offended at his snub as I am at hers because she's an all-time great in her division, like one of the best ever. And I feel like she is not acknowledged in that way by the company, and it upsets me. Because I'm just like, this is an obvious Hall of Famer. This this is a woman who was part of one of the greatest women's wrestling matches of all time in WrestleMania history. Was part of one of the greatest women's storylines of all time. Has been, like, in big match after big match and done everything for just about any company that you can think of. And I'm just like, the disrespect that y'all continuously level to her is insulting to me. Fair enough. I can, I can respect that. I can. Um, anything else that caught your eye? Um, I'm looking at the results. Like, I mean, you know, I'm always here for the Fiend changing it up. In terms of like, you know, he can go to Raw and ch- fix characters. Um, you drafted him in our draft. I did. Raw first. I did. I can't remember who did him and Alexa give the stereo Sister Abigail's to on Monday night. Andrade and Zelina. Andrade and Zelina. That was who it was. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm here for my my major takeaway from draft weekend is get Lars Sullivan the fuck off my television. Like 
Yeah, yeah, that, that's, oh. please. At, to quote the homie Chris Platt, please and thank you, thank you and please. Out yeah, like, like, ow, gross. Nobody wanted that. Literally, no, like, nobody. And I mean nobody. Literally nobody. Then WWE. Oh, you guys wanted Lars Sullivan? No, 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 we good. We out here living. No, we good. My my takeaway is I feel like they did the opposite of what they normally do. Normally in the drafts, they load up Raw and put the lesser known names on SmackDown and let them build up. It's the opposite this time. They loaded up names on Smack on SmackDown. Roman, Brian, Sasha, Bailey, Bianca, uh, Rollins, like Ray. They, like they loaded up SmackDown and then they put the potential on Raw. And that goes to show you the power of the Fox deal. Because the Fox deal the Fox deal is so powerful that they had the N- they had the NFL, the college guys all doing drops Yo, in the I middle love, of SmackDown. I love Colin Coward being forced to say nice things about wrestling because fuck you, Colin Coward. You are a piece of shit. Yeah, turnabout's fair play, sir. Mm, mm. Very no, very, you know my feel very, very it's very satisfying. No, you know what my actual feel good moment uh in wrestling this week was the Georgia Tech football team Twitter account wearing all the wreck everyone and leave shirts. I mean they got wrecked. And then by they got the ass seventy three to seven. They yes. got wrecked. Seventy three to seven. They got wrecked. But you know, it still made me feel good to see them pay uh respects to an all-American defensive lineman. I don't understand why more alma maters don't rock with a guy like that. Because Roman's always shown love to Georgia Tech, and they've shown love back. Like, why do why don't you see more Kent State stuff with Ziggler, or more Florida stuff with Titus O'Neill? You know what I mean? Or I more think, Maryland well, stuff with Mojo. With Titus, so with I, I can't. I'm gonna go with Dolph before I go to Titus. Dolph didn't play football. He was a wrestler. No. And that's not a money. But, he would, but he's, in the, he's in the ring of honor, You're though. right. You're right. No, he's a Hall of Famer. You're right. But I'm saying that's not a money sport. So, like, people don't pay as much attention. I got you. I With got you. Titus, Titus's relationship wasn't as much to Florida as much as it was to Spurrier. And... I got you. Okay. Because, like, I can tell you this, every time, every time WWE came through Columbia, Titus was working out at Williams-Brice Stadium. Okay. Because him and okay. Spurrier like that. I, but don't you just think it makes sense? Because, like, oh, it's, it that's a it's, a, it's a great connection, and... You know, people love to connect things in their lives, right? That's why the whole six separation of Kevin Bacon makes sense. It also makes fucking sense because if I know anything about universities, it's that universities are always looking for a way to get a dollar from a donor. Always looking for a way to get a dollar from a donor. 
and them guaranteed downsides could make you a real nice donor. Real nice. If Kent State wanted to treat Dolph Ziggler right, they could have the Nick Namath Memorial Stadium with all of the millions he has made over the years. Right. Well, you know, you know Roman giving money to Georgia Tech because they rock heavy. Roman is Samoan. Samoans look out for the family. Well, speaking of the family. You saw the main event of SmackDown. This is how we eat. If I don't do this, we don't eat. This is how I feed this family. And then we they saw were out Jay there Uso. doing Shakespeare. Then we saw Jay Uso. He loved you too, Us. I love you too. That was the most beautiful shit I have seen beautiful. in years. Oh my god. Cody Rhodes eat your fucking oh, heart. And after and and after Roman Superman punched him and left the ring. They they closed up and Roman is crying as he's walking out of the ring. It's just beautiful stuff, bro. Beautiful. It's Shakespeare. It's so gorgeous. Um, it it is, and Jay's gonna get his ass beat in that cell. It's it's about to be mm-hmm. bad for him. Mhm. Oh, it is. It is. It is. He's going to have to bend that knee. Mm. Speaking of asses, you want to talk about your girl? She's going to be in that cell. Can't, can, I t- can, I t- can I talk to y'all for a minute, America? <laughs> or where Sasha Banks needs to stop. Because Sasha Banks is doing some things to people that, like, she, she needs to stop. Okay. You can't come out to the ring continuing to dress like shit like that. All right? You need to stop it. Okay? Leave stop. her alone. She is a happily and, married woman, Brother Rance. Mikazi will come to your house and I whoop your ass. If I ever get a chance. If, well, no. Well, hold on. If I ever get a chance to meet Mikazi, brother, I'm giving you the biggest hug that I've ever given a human being. Because you, sir, are the best man on earth. <laughs> oh, my God. Lord have mercy. Oh, man. I mean, Mikazi is awesome. Don't get me wrong. But, like, legitimately, I, I mean, it's really hard to beat Sami Zayn in terms of, like, best human being territory. Like, the man funds his own medical no, bus. I don't talk about, like, no, forget all that. Mm-mm. No, don't care about none of that stuff. I ain't talking about humanitarian. He bags Sasha. That's all that matters. He's the best human being ever because he got Sasha. That's it. I don't care about what he did for the medical base and what he did for the sick children and the dying people. No, he got Sasha. Nobel Prize. Right there. <laughs> the views and opinions expressed by Rance Morris do not reflect that of the Outsider's Edge or the Chairshot Radio Network. <laughs> No, they actually do. They're just a little too hetero for this conversation. I mean, they damn sure don't reflect the opinions of his co-host because I respect Sasha as a human being and will reserve my objectification for Brizanga. I will reserve my objectification for Brizanga. I'll make sure to come up with a Brizango um, topic in the next few weeks so you can go ahead and find over them. 
You don't have, have to come up over West Sasha. I legitimately here for like at any moment to just say, yeah, I I would happily go with either or both. Speaking of that, um, just real quick, you know, Wednesday is Brizongo versus Roddy and and, and Bobby. Like three of your guys. That's a lot of really good looking people in the ring all at one time. Mm, Damn. Yeah. Yeah. So good luck with that. Mm. (laughs) No, I can't watch that directly. Like Um, cold water. I do want to pivot. Like I'll watch, I'll watch dynamite's uh, title tournament and then I'll watch them later. Um, oh, that's this week, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Interesting. Okay. I mean, well, we know the finals are going to be Kenny versus Hangman. Like, that's obvious. I'd hope so. That's the money match, isn't it? I mean, I'd have thought so. You never know. Um, speaking of AEW, Rue Baker's been in the news this week. I mean, she's been in the news for a couple of different things this week. One thing I want to give her props for relates to a story we'll talk about in a little bit. But, like, apparently Britt Baker has had a pretty big hand in recommending several talent to AEW. And, like, like, first of all, props to Britt because the people that she's been recommending to them have all been amazing. So, like, Britt has Adam's eye for talent and, like... For that one. Um, But, like, the other thing I want to say for Britt is that um, she needs y'all to watch, bitches. Tell him, Brother Rance. So, um, Britt had an interview. And Britt had some choice words to say that are, we're going to, well, let me read them to you. She's speaking about the criticism that the women's division has faced. She said, and I quote, I know there are plans to grow the women's division, but at the same time, we need help from the fans at home too. We can't have the women's segments being the lowest rated or the lowest views on YouTube each week because at the end of the day, it's a business and AEW needs ratings. It's no secret we're in a war every Wednesday with, night with NXT. So we need the ratings up. So for the fans that are so encouraging and saying, we want more women, we want more women, that's great. But please don't turn the channel when the women are on TV. Then, uh, we want everybody to be watching the segments and cheering us on from home. Our women's division got hit hard because of the COVID outbreak. Half our roster is international talent. So we immediately didn't have access to any of those women. Then Chris Statlander got hurt, and I got hurt, and there's only so much time on AEW Dynamite to start with. I'm gonna give you the I'm gonna give you the floor, and then I'll come after you. What you think? I mean, I think that what she's saying is absolutely valid in terms of like we know already from the statements that Cody has made, the statements that Tony Khan has made, the statements that the Bucks have made. We know that they are like hyper obsessed with the numbers and the analytics. We know this. They are on record about how they look at the numbers and segments. That's why they fucking call Jericho the demo god now. 
because of the demographics and the ratings and the bullshit. So, like, we know they're hyper-obsessed with that. So that means, motherfuckers, if you change a channel and a rating goes down, they're going to think that people don't want to watch the women. And then because they're so fucking myopic, they're going to take the opportunities away, which then creates what we like to call a death spiral. Because people aren't watching the women, so they give the women fewer opportunities, so then the fans don't think that the women matter, so they watch less, so they get even fewer opportunities. And you see where I'm going with that? So, I mean, everything you're saying is factual, but I don't like the, I don't like the illusion that she's painting that it's our fault. It's it's it it's not our fault that at the first damn I don't have my numbers in front of me but I believe at the at the whatever pay per view it was where they had the women's um, casino battle royal twenty one women in it they they did and there was eleven of them that they didn't sign that's not our fault right it's not our fault that all of these unsigned women that have signed in the past year and a half that they never signed them. It's not our fault. There's a women's, they just did a women's PWI 100. There's plenty of women on there to use. And that are American yes, based. That are American based. And yes, I acknowledge that COVID hurt y'all completely. I, I, that, is a, that is as valid an excuse as could be. But what I don't, and, and I acknowledge that before y'all got the, um, before y'all got the uh, the re-up with, from, T, from TNT for the four-year deal, I get it. Ratings mattered. I acknowledge that very understandably. However, with the new company, a new television show, breeding a new audience breeds some understanding. They started off the company with the, with the concerted purpose of having a fire tag team division. Went out of their way. They have like 20 tag teams right now, and 10 of them are used. Went out of their way to do this, right? They went out of their way to showcase independent talent on these other shows. We're going to talk about Ben Carter next. Hold up. Speaking of independent talent, you know, you talk about how, like, COVID hurt them. You know who else COVID hurt, y'all? Independent. Everybody. COVID, COVID has practically killed the Indies. They tried to have Indie Super Show in Indianapolis last weekend, and there was a COVID outbreak. Yep. Which, Everybody. Which brings up a good point. Um, the now former Eric Stevens tweeted out, you know, a reflection where he talked about, you know, the pandemic has made very clear that the current model for independent wrestling is not sustainable. Completely agreed. Um, to back to the back to the Britt speaking Baker. of though, y'all to go back to just real quick, just real quick before we go back to Britt Baker, y'all. If you got some extra monies and nothing to do, buy some of the GCW shows. They're fun, and the wrestlers could use the payday. Buy Effie's Big Gay Brunch. Buy for the culture. Buy Spring Break Four. Like, do it because they could use that payday. Like. Desperately could use that payday. 
agree completely. Um, but to finish my point about Brubaker, I don't like that the onus is on us, the fans, because you have a brand new company with the brand new show, with the brand new audience that has the ability to choose what they want to be focused on. And they have never, ever once chosen to focus the women. I can understand if you were using women and giving them multiple segments and multiple matches every show at the beginning and the ratings wasn't hidden and you changed. I could respect that. that. They've never done that. We've watched every episode of Dynamite from day one. They've never had multiple segments for women. They've never had multiple women's matches. They've never treated them as a serious uh, division. Never have. So that's not our fault. And I don't appreciate it being alluded that it is our fault that, oh, because we're changing the channels or the ratings aren't strong, that it's on the fans. Well, you guys got to do this. No, your company needs to show us why we should care about your women's division. That's not an us problem. And that's the only issue I have with it. That's fair. That's fair. Think about think about the way WWE had to had to ingratiate us with their women's division. I would respond though, you're right, but I would respond though, Britt Baker doesn't have the power to do anything about what you're talking about. Like she can't control how it's booked. She can control asking the fans to watch. Okay. If we're talking about like if we're just talking in the context of what she said, Britt can't control how the show is booked. She doesn't have that level of power that we know of. She's mm-hmm. not on the booking committee as far as we know. Mm-hmm. So, like, she doesn't control how many segments the women get. But she can, as a star on the show, do something to try to boost that. You know what I'm saying? She can say, like, y'all need to watch so that they have no reason, like, they have no excuse not to put us on. Um that like that's her like i guess the way I'm, what i'm trying to say is like that is basically the power that she has that is the level of influence that she has is to try to put it on the fans i don't disagree with you that like it's it's bullshit that it's being put on the fans but like you know she can lobby backstage and she can lobby to the fans and she can lobby different ways to both sides because that's how you get shit done my my two retorts real quick are one, I've been what what we've been explained to is that AEW is is a collaborative company, not like WWE, which is a, 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 a autocracy. Did I say it right? Yeah, you did. I'm trying. I'm trying. You know, vocab. You know, verbose. Whatnot. Uh, thank you. Uh, so if it's that big an issue to you, go talk to Tony. Number one, and maybe she has. We don't know, but she didn't say it in that interview. And number two, you're absolutely right. I have no problem with her pleading the fans to continue watching, but it's the way you say shit. The way she said it was, you guys got to watch because our ratings are down and it's a business. What I would have liked to have heard was, keep watching, guys. Keep trying. We're trying to make it work back here. You keep trying with us. It, it seemed very accusatory to me. I mean... <clears throat> I hear let, that. Let me read I the first paragraph that. again. Let me read the first paragraph again. Just, just the first part. I know there are plans to grow the women's division, but at the same time, we need help help from the fans at home too. We can't have the women's division, the women's segments, 
being the lowest rated or lowest views on YouTube each week. Because at the end of the day, it's a business and AEW needs ratings. That sounds like she's blaming us. It doesn't sound like she's saying, keep helping us, keep trying. See, to me, that sounds more like, I know they've got plans to do this, but like, they also aren't gonna if people aren't watching. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, everything's always up for, uh, everything's always up for interpretation, but I just, all, all I know is, as somebody who's pushed hard for, personally, for the fair treatment of women in that company, and fair booking, um, it's, it's, it's slightly disappointing to me when, you know, it feels like, you know what this feels like? It feels like how indie fans feel or how non-WWE fans feel when Rollins sticks up for the WWE when he doesn't have to. That's what it feels like. It feels like when Rollins is like, well, WWE is the greatest company in the world. Like he went at, when, when he went after um, Osprey or when he's out there flexing with it, about his money. I mean, That's what it feels like. I ain't mad at you for going after Will Ospreay because fuck Will Ospreay. No, right. But he was wrong in the situation. Fuck the guy. But he was wrong. But... Oh but yeah, you can't punch down. You can't punch down. You can't punch right. down. Like, so this was that this feels very similar to me with her taking the pro company stance when she doesn't have to take the pro company stance. White like, women gonna white women, bro. <laughs> uh yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, no retort to that one, because that just answers the question. <laughs> In other news, <laughs> have you? Well, you watch AEW because yeah. Carl didn't know who this young man was, but I'm. But you've seen Ben Carter. I know who Ben Carter is. Yeah. What'd you think of the kid? I mean, I think he shows potential, and I think he's. When I see a lot of the younger kids, one of the first things I think is, all right, what is this kid gonna look like in a couple of years when he's got like an actual nutrition program and access to a weight room? Because, because a lot of times when I see them still really young, and it's kind of like when you see a new uh, a young lion in New Japan, and they're still wearing the black trunks and like they're brand new, and they're only allowed to do body slams and Boston crabs. You're like, man, what's this kid gonna look like after they send him on excursion and he gets an actual character and an actual move set and all that other stuff? And it's like you see them later, and you're just like. Oh shit! This is the same Naito. You know oh funny? shit! This is the same Okada. You know what's funny? I never thought about that stuff you just said until uh, in the NBA. There's a basketball player named Chris Porzingis. He used to play yep. from Latvia. He's from Latvia. Yeah. And in the when he was getting drafted, he's a his nickname was a unicorn because he's seven foot three. Knicks, he like, yeah, three and he was three. a unicorn because the Knicks finally drafted a good player, and he was so good that he was realizing, "Why the fuck am I here?" That's right. Um, but in the draft, they uh, they were asking him. Well, I get you know they always ask these questions trying to gauge your personality and things of that nature, and they were asking him, "What's the first thing you're gonna do?" When you get some money and you come to America, and he says, "Get a gym, get a gym membership." And I'm like, "Wait, why?" He was like, "I come from Latvia. I ain't never been able to practice. Now I'm coming to America. 
all I'm gonna do is play basketball. I'm gonna practice all the time. And I never thought about how much of how much of a privilege it is just to just to have access to nutritional plans and workouts and and weight and rape rooms. So for you saying this from this kid coming from the UK and um, possibly working with big companies, I never would have thought about it that way. What what got me thinking about it was my plug into college football and college athletics in general. And some of that is also being a teacher. So like now that I'm a teacher, I also know a lot of coaches. And one of the things that they always talk about is the difference between being a true freshman and a redshirt freshman and why that's such a big deal is like for a lot of these kids that get scholarships to these big programs, a lot of the ones that, not all of them, but a lot of the ones that come from extreme poverty, like middle of nowhere, extreme poverty, this is the first time in that child's life that they've had access to three square meals a day. Right. Not to mention an actual gym and weights instead of just like, oh, I worked on my dad's farm or we flipped tires or whatever. Yeah, that was how I stayed in shape. Like, no, now I have access to food when I'm hungry and a full ass fucking gym to work out in. And so these kids gain like 30 fucking pounds in one summer. And it's like, how did that happen? Well, shit, now they got nutrition. Of course they filled the fuck out. So, like, when I see someone that young as a wrestler, I always think, you know, what are you going to look like when you've filled your lookout? And also when you've found the, like, character, you know? Mm Because Ben Carter's young enough, he's still in the plain white trunks and plain boots phase. You know what? Yeah, he's he's good looking UK wrestler Ben Carter. That's all he is right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's like what is he gonna look like in a couple of years when he's like put some shit together? So the reason I bring Ben Carter up is because Ben Carter was uh, a prospect of sorts for AEW wrestling a lot on their uh, dark show, and I think he got one opportunity on Dynamite, maybe a couple of them, but I know one for sure. Well, Ben Carter, it's important to note, who was trained by Seth Rollins. It's important to note. Just signed a deal with NXT, where he's probably going to be on their NXT UK brand. And the IWC lost their collective minds. Some people are saying Ben Carter is invisible to them now, because or, or doesn't exist, because he went to the WWE. Some people are saying he sold out. Some people are are, are, are hold angry. Up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. How do you sell out from a job you were working for free? Because, y'all, he wasn't getting paid by AEW because currently he doesn't have a work visa. He was just stuck here when the pandemic hit. And so he had the opportunity to work some matches, and you do that because, like, maybe you get a contract with somebody that can get you a fucking visa. Um, so he was working for free. You can't sell out of a job you weren't getting paid for. Uh, yeah, that, (laughs) that's hilarious because it's so right there when you think about it. Um, and there's, so there's so, there's so much about to have a problem with first and foremost, 
how fucking dare you, random ass IWC wrestling fan who sits at home on your fucking computer like we're doing now, talking all this shit? How dare you be mad at a human being making their life better by getting a paycheck? Who the yeah. fuck are you? Number one. Especially, especially taking Vince McMahon's money. He still pays the most. Regardless of what people want you to believe, well, nobody's comparable. Not only does he still pay the most, but like we acknowledge that he's an evil megalomaniac. Don't you want people to take his money? Take no. as much as you can. Absolutely. Number two, the points you made are salient. Why are you mad at him and not mad at AEW, who could have clearly and happily signed the motherfucker, who worked their shows, once again, for free? Thirdly, you think with your idiotic minds that the only reason WWE wanted Ben Carter was because he wrestled on AEW when he was trained by their top guy? I live in Houston. I have worked with Ring Reality of Wrestling multiple times. Multiple times. I've ran the ropes in the in at the at, at in their gym. I've taken bumps in their gym. I I know some of those guys. I know for a fact every time Houston, every time WWE is in Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, some area, some city in this area. Book brings some of his guys down to work as extras, to introduce to the people, to get signed. Why do you think all these people are getting signed from me out of wrestling or, or, or getting getting noticed? So, so miss me with this. The only reason they know who he was was because of AEW. Miss me with that. That's the dumbest thing to think. When Seth, Seth, you don't think Seth Rollins, of all, of all people, y'all make fun of Seth Rollins because y'all, y'all say all the time he's the WWE shield, right? What's the joke? That if w- if the WWE wrestlers are going to unionize, Rollins is going to be the Hogan who tells Vince? If that's the guy y'all think Rollins is, you don't think he would have talked to him about his people? It's stupid. And fourthly, Rusev, you can suck a big fucking bag of dicks because you had no business releasing that man's contract status on your Twitch. That's foul. And that's, that's, that's I have lost so much respect for that dude. I've lost so much respect for that dude. Guys like Rusev show the world why the fuck Vince wouldn't push people. Rusev is is, is proof of that. You know, when, when you give people creative control and say what you want, what does Rusev say he wants to do? He wants to be a gamer who plays on an arcade game and, and views people because they get thrown into his arcade game? That's what y'all want in y'all superstars? I, it, it's yeah. It, the whole situation is is so anger-inducing to me because you got a twenty-year-old guy who was the darling of the IWC yesterday, and now he's practically ostracized because he chose to wrestle with the company that wanted him. I don't. I don't see. This is making sense to me. Makes make it make sense. I mean, <clears throat> I can't make it make sense. I mean, the the part that the part that doesn't or that I can't rationalize is the whole so and so doesn't exist anymore because they're on a show I don't watch. Like, I don't watch NXT UK, but that doesn't mean Walter doesn't exist. I don't watch Ring of Honor. That doesn't mean Jay Lethal died. 
He's not like in a void somewhere just because he wrestles for a company I don't currently watch. Like, how fucking like, how fucking unevolved are you? It's just so. It's just so much, so much hatred, so much. Quite frankly, penis envy that fans have for Vince and WWE. They hate them so much that they will literally hate the people that they sign. Because they don't want them to be there. And it's disgusting. It's disgusting. It's despicable. Imagine getting mad at somebody that you liked because they got a job. I just, I don't, I don't understand, man. I don't understand. There is not a basketball team. I just can't imagine being mad because somebody that I supported is going to make six figures. Like... There is not a basketball team I hate I hate more in this earth than the Los Angeles Lakers. I hate them with the burning passion. You know who my favorite basketball player is? LeBron James. You know who I hoped won this year? The Los Angeles Lakers. Like it's not that serious, y'all. It's not that serious. Tell that to the Denver Nuggets. Stop disrespecting my man Mello, Denver. I saw that <laughs> bullshit. You got it in the podcast. Saw that bullshit. You got the it in the disrespect. podcast. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Oh, uh, he still might not win that 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 argument though, because Denver loves Alex English. Saying, yo, yo, I I love Alex English. I love Alex English. He is on the board of trustees at the University of South Carolina. I love <laughs> Alex English, but like. That was my dog. So, was like, one of my first favorite basketball players because I was young and impressionable and loved me some Syracuse University. That's right, because you are from upstate New York. Yeah, baby. So, question for you, sir. Yeah. Did you happen to see who's in the final for the G1? Man, I mean, you know, I saw, and... I saw that my man Coda's there, which, I mean, makes sense because like we talked about last time, you know, now that his lover is gone, Coda's got nothing to do but, like, take his aggression out in the ring. So, like, he got real jacked and real serious, and he's ready to, you know, whoop some ass. So, like, that made total sense. But, like, Abushi's facing Sonata? Bro, like, so much of the... G1 block finals were so weird because Jay White was the favorite. Jay White loses on the last night to Ishii. Um, Okada... Never count Ishii out in the G1. Cannot. You cannot. Okada gets jumped by a newly heel-turned Will Ospreay, who's now joined by his girlfriend, B. Priestley, who's the only person who's more hated than Will Ospreay is B. Priestley. And I mean, some other dude, the, the great the crowd, Hunter, I don't know what that is. Our listeners can't see me, but like I am like eye-rolling hard right now. <laughs> I hate Will Ospreay. I hate Will Ospreay. I hate him. And then in the other block, you think, oh, well, Evil should win. Oh, well, Naito should win. No, Sonata. What? What? So... Of the six members that were once all together in LIJ, 
can't you argue Sonata is the second most the second least interesting? The only one less relevant than Sonata is Bushi. And at least Bushi's got the cool masks. This is fair. And the mist. Yeah, and the mist. I w- and and Rocky no- Ramirez enduring hatred. Well, that that's that's the that's the only thing I know about him besides the mask and the mist. I can't tell you one thing he does. Um people with a shirt. Yeah, look, I, you know how you, you know how you got them homeboys with that one dude that you don't rock with, but because he's rocks with your boys, like I, right, I fuck with you just because I know you rock with them. Like it's Bushi is like Disco Inferno when he was in the was he was when he was in the Fifty Animals. Like I don't rock with Disco, but because he with y'all, I. Right. Disco Inferno just like leaves a bad taste in your mouth. No, he does, but I was a Disco Inferno mark, and I'm proud of saying it. I have no shame. I mean, that's okay, man. We all make mistakes. I was a huge Kidman mark. Hey, Kidman Kidman was the shit back in the day. Um, Kidman is Kidman popularized wearing. uh, I I don't call them that name anymore, but popularized wearing undershirts. Is that better than than the other name for it? I mean, you know. My memories of that version of Kidman are with maskless Mysterio as the WCW Cruiserweight Tag Team Champion. Oh, boy. Man. Um, I know Sonata is a Gato project. I know that. Sonata's always wanted to make... Gato's always wanted to make Sonata a star and a, a potential core four guy. He's not. He got the talent, but there's something... I don't know if he's missing what Goto's missing, but there's something missing there um, to me. And, you know, Josh or Jeremy will probably tell me I'm wrong. And not I, a, I Cold see. Skull, Cold Skull is the perfect nickname for him because, like. He's emotionless. He's, yeah, he's devoid of emotion. Like, just completely devoid of emotion or expression. Like, Evil was his tag team partner. And Hiromu was the one who gave the fiery, passionate promos about why evil and yeah. I'm going to get you and blah, well, blah, blah. Well, Romo, little brother. Romo, Naito, little brother, basically. So, yeah. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, Sonata was like, like, that's your homie for years. Y'all been tag champs so many fucking times. This is your dog. And he just straight up turned on your ass and you ain't got shit to say? No, nothing. Not a goddamn word? Because, like, I'm pretty sure if I turned on you in the middle of the night, like, you would have some words. I'd beat your ass, and then we talk, for sure. Sure. Yeah, we, we'd, have, we, we, we'd have fisticuffs. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you remember when we had Jeremy on a few months ago, Jeremy, um, Jeremy, uh, he predicted that Abushi would face um, Tanahashi in the dome. I do remember that. I do remember that. Yes. Well, then, if that's if that's gonna happen, which makes sense, oh, can we see Naito versus Sonata main eventing the Tokyo Dome? Like, is 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 this possible? Or or I got one for you. I got one for you. Hear me out. 
I know New Japan's gotten way more Western in the past few years. I know they got rid of Harold, Harold May, and they went back to kind of the core values. But do you think it's possible for the first time ever they throw a triple threat in and throw, three, throw evil in some kind of way? I mean, if 2020's taught me anything, it's that literally anything is possible. Um, this is the year of the pandemic, so, like, anything could happen. Um, but I just keep coming back to, like, of all the members of LIJ, you, you give me Naito versus Shingo, like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. You give me Naito versus Hiromu. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. You give me Naito versus Sonata? Eh. Eh. And, and eh. You, you know, I, 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 I know. I was the one of the main people saying this is the chance for you to take a chance on some people because this is, COVID, this is the year of COVID. So will they even have fans in the Dome? Like, you know, this is the, this is the year you can take a chance. This is too random. I just, like, I don't... I think that this is also... I think this is also one of the issues of still having the belts tied together. Yeah, that's a big problem. That's becoming a big like, problem. Like, well, and, and again, it's a bigger problem because Ambrose, Maxley, still got the damn U.S. belt that will never be defended. Yeah, and so again, the issue you run into is, like, you can't challenge for just the ic title because if you could challenge for if you could challenge that champion why wouldn't you go for the bigger belt so the only way to separate the two belts is to have someone who just wants to challenge for the world belt and have that person go over and then you've got naito stuck with the ic title that he can drop later but you remember thinking something. Could it be possible that Sonata only wants the IC belt? I mean... Or would that just be stupid? I think that would be stupid. I think it would be more... I think the storytelling would be better if you made it like Naito tries to convince Sonata to just challenge him for the IC belt. And Sonata's like, but why wouldn't I want to chat? No, no, don't you just like I'm the champ. You should just be this champ. Oh, and, so you want them to kind of like play the Triple H Batista card? Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's a better story than Sonata just being like, oh, I'm just gonna challenge for the IC title because again, like, how stupid does that make you look? Well, everything is stupid, and you know what? I always reserve judgment because I was very critical of the Tanahashi. Um, Kenny Omega main event a couple years ago. But the difference in that was, I just there had was no a lot of real in that one. Well, sure, but I had no interest in the two people together. But I know that that's a marquee match. You say those two people together, and instantly you know, hey, boom, it, marquee match. Kota Ibushi and, and Sonata, eh. and yes, I know Kota and Naito have a storied feud where they try to kill each other literally every match. And I'm all for Coda getting his flowers because Coda got that's actually a story you can run with because Coda got fucked over in the double in dash. the double gold dash, yeah. Maybe that's why they maybe that's where they go. 
I mean, I, I, I would be cool with that story. And again, I think that that's the smart, that's the way you get the belts uncoupled. Kota wins the G1. He challenges Naito for just the world title because he got screwed over in the double gold dash. So he challenges Naito for just the world title. He takes the world title. And then you have Naito drop the IC title later on. If Naito got to keep, if, if Naito got to be the fucking Bryce May one more damn time, swear to God. I, I mean, don't ever want to see point, him win but that at this damn point, title. He's not being. No, but at this point, he's not being the bridesmaid. He just happens to still have that title because, like, obviously you don't challenge for both. Let me flip it for you. Do you ever want to see Miz hold the IC championship again? I mean, not really. I don't, I don't ever want to see Naito win the, the you know, IC title again. I don't want him. No, he's not going to win the IC title again. I don't want to see him have the damn title. Don't he even already have the, does. He already I, does, though. Throw it away. You beat you threw you you broke one belt. Break another. Throw it away. I'm just saying he already has it. Do like the rock and throw it in the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> just just fling that hoe. Um. Nah, you know what I would be here for. You know what I would be here for. What's that? So Sonata wins this briefcase, and Kenta. Takes that shit. I would be here for Kenta takes the briefcase. Because he's got a briefcase. And he's like, oh, only one of us can have a briefcase, bitch. What if Kenta cashes in as well? I'm here for it. I'm here for it. What if Kenta cashes in as well? What if? Oh, shit. What if both of Naito them has in. to defend both belts in two separate matches back to back? Yes, yes. Ah, we see now we're getting some now we're getting some ideas going. I feel a little better about this, but Sonata can't win. Sorry. I mean, sorry, buddy, but like, learn to emote. I mean, look, if you either emote or be comfortable being Dean Malenko, and that's fine because Malenko was a great wrestler and got paid great for a long saying, time. I'm just saying, like. Your longtime partner betrayed you and you have no feelings? Like, learn to feel feelings. Did you have a pet growing up? Like, come on, man. Did you have a pet growing up, you stupid? I, so, okay, so, we assume, I think we both agree that we think it's going to be Ibushi winning against Naito. Um, Osprey versus Okada, pretty much, we can guarantee that. Um, do, do you think Jay White versus Evil is a guarantee? I don't think it's guaranteed just yet. Evil, but, you didn't. Uh, you didn't see what Evil said going into the final night of the B block or the A, whatever block they were. No, what did he say? He basically said, "Look, we're gonna have to do this eventually. Me, me and you're gonna have to have this fight." So, oh, well, if he said that. Then yeah, that's a guarantee. Then that's yeah. a guarantee. Then. Oh boy, oh boy, a match with Ghetto and Jado in one corner and Thick Tojo in the other corner. I can't imagine that match not ending cleanly. There would never be a dusty finish there. Bullet club match, sir. You know what I really love? You know what I would really love? Mm. I would really love for the two of them to face off to see who's the real leader of the Bullet Club. 
and for the Tongans to return and to lay everybody the fuck out and just to remind them there is no leader of the Bullet Club. You both suck. Fuck off. Damn, you want him to kick Jay out too? Yes. Jay can I'm get this work? Here. I love Jay. Don't get me wrong. I love Jay. But I'm here for the Tongans kicking all of Tojo, Ghetto, and Jetto the fuck up out the paint and getting this nonsense over with. I'm with it. They, I'm, they, I'm here for the A team to come back. Fuck all this B team bullshit. They're going to have to take back the company, the, 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 uh, the stable, because you know the, the homegrown Japanese, people, uh, Japanese wrestlers have taken over the, the Gaijin stable. That's what I'm saying. The, 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 the A team got to come back. A team got to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, Fale and Tama have been away for far too long. Way too long. Is, did, and is, you know, is Tonka still and you know, Yeah, he's still signed. And you know, like, fuck them, but at the same time, you know, when they come back this time, they're going to come back with Anderson and Gallows. So, like, it'll be the actual right. guy stable back. All right. <sighs> Yo, listen. Oh, sorry. I listen, apologize for that. I'm here, y'all. No, no, in all seriousness, though, Rance, like, I, I, I agree, fuck them, but, like, you and I both know New Japan needs all the heavyweight tag teams they can fucking get. No, I completely agree. Look, I'm just, I don't like Gallows and Anderson as a tag team. I love them listening to them. I think they're massively entertaining, but they do nothing for me as a tag team in the ring. You give him Machine Gun and let him be Machine Gun as a singles guy all day long. But I just, they're not interested to me as a team. And can I, can I say something that's blasphemous? I, I, think the mag- I think the Magic Killer is the dumbest, most overrated tag team finisher ever. That doesn't offend me. It's it's I like people act like it's the greatest thing ever. It's a fucking suplex. Anderson don't even do shit. <laughs> it's just a suplex. It's it's it it's you know what it is? It's gold dust final cut with the guy holding somebody's legs. I mean, for me, like for me. I don't know. It's hard to beat the 3D. The Shatter Machine, I think, was the closest thing to beat to like to the 3D that I've seen in a long time. But like, it's hard oh, to beat yes. the 3D. I think Shatter Machine for sure. 3D Doomsday Device. We got to give love to. Yeah, I mean, we got to give love to it just because yeah. of the what the team means. But I mean, like, fuck both of them as people. Oh like, yeah, for real. Can I give you? Can I give you a? Uh, can I give you a fire tag team move that nobody talks about? Yeah. Remember a, uh, America's Most Wanted? Yeah, I remember AMW. What was the tag team move? Hard Justice, whatever it was called? I can't remember. But that, Yeah, that shit was fire. Um, where Storm would kind of hold him, lay him out, and then uh, Harris would come out the top and hit him with the elbow. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I miss old TNA before they were shitty. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, AMW is good and all, but like... Beer money, beer money incorporated. Well, right now it's it's right now it's heel money. Get it? Because mm-hmm. Dolph Ziggler calls themselves to heal you. I do, I do get it. I'm I here it. all week, everybody. Tip your waiters. Don't forget to tip your waiters. I get it. I get it. No, no, like for real though. Like glorious is a great theme and all, but I miss the it factor, Bobby Roode. I'm off the chain. I just miss that character. I miss the it factor. 
Man, like, fucking the fact it was glorious Bobby Roode when he first debuted. It's the same in NXT. It's the same character, just a different theme. Yeah, basically what I mean is I miss Bobby Roode being like competent and not a fucking goof. That's fair. That's fair. Hey, well they all they all gotta be goofs at one point. I learned this from, from uh watching Goof Troop. We're all goofs eventually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what else you got, man? Anything else anything else catching your, your eye or your 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 mind? Anything else interesting going on in wrestling that you want to talk about? No, the only other thing I had wanted to talk about we kind of incorporated into other things was just like they had the big indie show last week and it ended up being a COVID outbreak and um, indie wrestling is trying its best to come back and COVID is not really making that possible. But like these wrestlers are desperate because they literally depend on doing the shows to get paid. How do you feel about the collective weekend basically being a super spreader how do you feel about that i feel like it was predictable which sucks to say because like i support what they were trying to do and i understand why they had to try to do it but that being said like even if i get it it doesn't make it any better that like it was an avoidable super spreader event it just really sucks because we talk about on the show all the time dude like the indie scene is fucking rough for people trying to make it like there's a reason that these indie wrestlers all have full-time day jobs no absolutely um i i think it's I think it's indicative of the bigger problem that you kind of alluded to in that indie wrestling, the, 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 the structure has to change. Yeah, the model's not sustainable. No, it's not. And I, I think they gave, their, they gave their all. Then they tried their and best. They try, I, I was going to say, they tried so hard to be responsible throughout. Like, I ordered For the Culture and Big Gay Brunch because I wanted to support both of those shows specifically because of what they represent and yeah, what sure. they stand for. And like, I want that to be more of and, and shout out to AJ Gray and shout out to F. Yeah. They were, yeah, they were both good, fun indie shows. Like, they're indie as fuck. I will preface it with that. If indie wrestling is not your thing, you might not enjoy it. But they are fun as hell. Um, but like, they tried so hard. They limited them to 25% capacity in the venues. They made everybody wear masks. Um, like, they tried to abide by safety. And it still wound up being a super spreader event. I mean, but that's indicative of the, of the, the culture of the nation, of the nation right now. Yep. Is so many people don't take it seriously and don't do what they're supposed to do. They're not getting tested or they're not quarantining or they're not wearing masks and socially distancing and I get it when performers have to be in close quarters but that's the importance of quarantining and doing what you have to do before and after your matches and into the lead up in the aftermath and um, it's very disappointing in that that seemed like that wasn't done and I, I hate it for Brett Lauderdale because he did his best to run a great weekend and as you as you can attest to, the shows seemed very 
very well done. Everybody was fun. Everybody was talking about AJ Gray's show for the culture. Everybody was talking about Effie and what he did with BK Brunch. Um, and and not only the big is thing it for both of those shows for people that don't understand why they're a big deal is in a lot of cases like so for the culture was very much about you know supporting black wrestlers and black wrestling and big gay brunch was obviously all about lgbt wrestling and the thing is for both of those sets of wrestlers there there are a good portion of companies where that's a sideshow absolutely and and it's like if you get a match you get the five minute match you get like the piss break match in between the bigger shit. And so for them to be able to put on a full show where everybody got to have like actual full matches and to like really show what they're capable of doing, that's why it was a big deal. Um, uh, the main event for Gay, Big Gay Branch was Sonny and Cassandra. Yes, the main event for Big Gay Brunch was Sunny Kiss versus Cassandro, and it was so awesome. And Cassandro is such a fucking legend. Oh my god, just oozes legendary class. And they gave him his flowers and a half oh, at the end of the show. Oh yeah, like Effie gave a big, huge promo about how, like, without Cassandro, none of them would have ever been able to. Sure. You know, do what they do. Sure. Um, because Cassandra was such a trailblazer and a trendsetter. Um, and so, like, they went out of their way to, like, praise him. And, like, Sonny could, could not hug him enough times after the match. Like, Sonny was so... Well, and Sonny was just so, like, odd to be with Cassandra in the ring. And you could tell. Yeah. And, like, it was super awesome. Um... But yeah, that was the main event. It was great. Effie, um, Effie's match was with Marco Stunt, and that was hilarious. Was that the, um, the, the match like dancing match. and shit? Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. That was not Big Gay Brunch. That was a different thing. Okay. Effie and Marco Stunt's match was a singles match, and it was totally a comedy match. Um, like they had a dildo squirting Effie's eyes to like blind him, and oh, oh yeah, like it was it was great. It the move, was great. The move I thought Effie was gonna pull, and at first, it, at um, when it was gonna be in the WrestleMania weekend, he had Nick Gage booked. Well, his original match was gonna be him versus Ricky Starks. Right. Okay. Sure. But but come on, man. Because, you know, Effie and Nick Gage are tight. Oh, You're yeah, telling me that Nick Gage coming to Big Gay Brunch and wrestling Effie, that would have been a sight to see. And I, I would have loved that. Um, oh, and by the way, word to the homie Pero. Pero yeah. got signed to MLW recently. Just oh, week. fuck yeah. Signed an signed, signed a, a, a exclusive deal with MLW. So Okay. MLW, MLW is restarting. Did they sign both of them? Did they sign his partner too? His tag no, team just, partner? Just, just him? Yeah. Oh, well, you know. I hey, mean, but he's a hoss, bro. No, he's I love Taro. No, I kill. love Taro. It's just they were a great tag team. Sure, but give me. But, give like, me, I love Taro. Give me Taro okay. and Hammerstone and I, big meaty men slapping meat. Yeah. Word to Big E. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I also love seeing Taro's 
like Pero's Twitter is a great follow because his pictures with his husband are hilarious because Pero is huge and his husband's so tiny. Itty bitty. He's so Itty huge bitty. and his husband's so tiny. And you just like, y'all make it work. But it's like, that's got to trip. Like, I think for the husband all the time, I'm just like, damn, it's got to trip you out sometimes to just like always be looking up. <laughs> hey, what we doing later on? Yeah, like, yeah, I, I, I completely understand. I've always been the taller guy with most of the women I've been with, so I get it. Yeah, it's um, like it's like, damn, this must be what NBA players' wives feel like. <laughs> uh, MLW is restarting. Or Ring of Honor's in a bubble, so they're having their shows right now. Um, you know, TNA's been going the whole time. Um, wrestling is back, y'all. New Japan's running shows. Yeah, wrestling is back, and, you know, with the exception of a few people, we're here for it. Like, you know, some of them can go away. Like, go away, Flip Gordon. We don't need you. Jordan uh, Devlin is back, and I'm... I'm go I am, away, Jordan I Devlin. Am, we don't fucking need you. I am troubled you. by that. I am massively troubled by that. I'm massively troubled by the number of people who have, like, open sexual assault allegations against them that the company is just, like... Yeah, you know, nothing was proven in court, so it's cool. It's it's and it's it's a slippery slope because I I do very very like ten percent of me feels for the company because legally, what can they what have they done to get them out of the contract? But there's never given them a reason not to fire somebody before. And you know why? You know why I don't buy that. So, like, as a teacher, I'm under a contract. And you know what? The, do you, we have a clause in our contract. It's called Howdy. moral turpitude yeah. is the way that it's phrased. So, like, basically what that means is if you get caught doing any kind of shit that they can conceivably construe as some kind of, like, morally questionable fuck shit, uh, that could be grounds to terminate your contract. And um, multiple people accusing you of... Uh, Gross sexual misconduct is definitely a violation of any kind of morality clause. And I'm just saying, if that shit's in my bullshit-ass $40,000 a year teacher contract, there got to be some goddamn clause similar in these $150,000 downside contracts. I would think so and hope so. You know, I would think so and hope so, but it's too much going on. It's, it's too... I mean, and... You know, and yeah, it's the UK is riddled with troubled. it. Yeah, and I'm just troubled by the number yeah. of people that they're like bringing back or allowing to be around, and it's like, and the th- and the other part about it is like you know that a lot of the talents are also troubled by it. Like Seth straight up said, "I don't care if I ever face Matt Riddle, that motherfucker can go to Monday night and stay there for all I care." You, you I don't see all that shit. You see all the number of people who are who always like end up liking like negative tweets against Dream. I'm talking like WWE wrestlers. It's hilarious because like if you go to their likes, like they're always like hating on him because nobody likes Dream no more because they know what's up. Yeah. Well, it's, and, and the thing. Well, and here's the thing. Here's the issue the company's going to run into. Here's the issue the company's going to run into. It's one thing when you book these people against people that don't got clout. But when the time comes, like, try to put Patrick in a feud with Finn and see how quickly he pulls. Uh, no, nope. yeah. No, yeah. Nope. Uh, 
I know you thought <laughs> I was going to do that shit, but uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm not feeling that one today. Speaking of that, I appreciate the fact that while they are using Austin Theory, he getting his ass beat every night. <laughs> every match, he's getting his ass beat. That's something, right? You got to take the small victories. I wonder, I, I wonder with some of that, I, I also wonder with some of that, how many people are stiffing him? I would hope. I wonder. I, wa- I wonder how many people are stiffing his ass. Oh, just because you said that. Give him Tim Thatcher 15 minutes. Like, let, let, let Thatcher stretch him out for 15 minutes. Come on now. Shit. 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 Put him in the ring with Roddy or Kyle. Put him in the oh. ring with Roddy or Kyle. Look at Finn, look at Finn Balor face and then see if you want to be in the ring with Kyle O'Reilly. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Oh, Put his Finn ass ba- in the ring. Ben face looks like a pear. It does. I saw. I saw. Just like, whoo, Didn't he have yeah. to get it wired shut? No, he didn't have to get it wired shut because I think the uh, the fractures was was hairline enough okay. to where it didn't have to be completely shut. Because he can eat. He's been eating soup. I know that oh, much. Okay. He's been saying. But his yeah, wife, saw his tweet. His wife makes the best soup. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's complete. It's like it's it's so swole. Like Kyle did, what did him. What did we say before that match, though? What did we say before that match? Kyle O'Reilly was a legitimate New Japan wrestler. All right, shooter. Yeah, Kyle, Kyle O'Reilly knows what the fuck he can do. I'll, no diss to Adam Cole. No diss to Adam Cole whatsoever. But Adam Cole's a wrestler. Least, I was gonna say Adam Cole is the least actually outside of the ring intimidating. Yeah, he's a wrestler. Bobby, Roddy, and Kyle will will fuck you up. Yeah, like they could actually shoot fight you. Like, yes. Actually do it. Yes. I'm pretty sure Bobby and Kyle have both fought MMA before. They have. I think amateurs. I don't think they may ever did one pro, but I know they have no, amateurs. No, I don't think they did pro, but I yeah, I think they fought like MMA before. And I mean, we know Roddy's a shoot fighter. I mean, they've been yeah. calling Roddy they've been calling Roddy the Messiah, the backbreaker since like two thousand and five. Dog, uh, what what was it? Uh, they they gave him that Sealy from purp, from color purple background when they're yeah. talking about how he grew up. All's my life I've had to fight. They were talking about that boy growing up with no family and in the streets of Tampa having a fight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I wouldn't mess with Roddy either. Not one bit. Nope. I mean, to be fair, you know, no disrespect to Adam. I wouldn't mess with Adam either because, like, I mean, you know, I ain't trying to disrespect a black man. Look. The best black people. <laughs> the best black people. Adam Cole headlining the For the Culture Show Part Two. <laughs> oh shit. Um. All right, man. Tell them where they can find you, bro. All right, bro. You can find me on Twitter at Doctor S'mores. You can find our brother Carl on Twitter at Outsider Curvin. And of course, you can find the show on Twitter. At Outsiders Edge CS because you know at Outsiders Edge is an asshole. So you know what Outsiders Edge at Outsiders Edge guy who got person who owns that that Twitter handle, we will buy you multiple versions of the GCW Collective shows. Yeah, you can watch them on demand, whatever you want. Give us the handle. Do it for the culture. Do it for the culture and. Kyle's gay will make you brunch. 
tried to, I tried to tie it all in. It didn't work. It doesn't matter. It's okay. Um, I'm at Israel Cash. Um, and of course, we're part of the Chairshot Media Network, where you always use your elbows. Now you now always use your head. Both of them, <laughs> preferably the top one. Yeah. Um, and of course, y'all, you know, we here at the Outsider's Edge are just some increasingly older gentlemen doing everything that we can to make it out here in this world. And, you know, sometimes we're going to say some controversial things like you can't blame the fans for not watching some shit that you don't give them an opportunity to watch. And sometimes we're going to say some shit that, you know, you might not like, but is fair. Like nobody wants to work with Patrick. Uh, but no matter what, y'all, we're just out here chasing our dreams. And, like, you got to respect that. Because if you don't, well, we just don't give a fuck. Fuck em. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc thechairshot.com always use your head thechairshot.com always use your head Warning, the Outsider's Edge contains strong opinions, unconventional views, and contrarian stances. Listen, if you dare. Hey, yo. I'd like to thank you for listening to another episode of The Outsider's Edge. Yes, it's me. It's you. It's me. It's me. It's R-A-R-E-Y. It doesn't work. It's Ray Cash, <laughs> a.k.a. France, uh, here with my boy. I actually, I actually called in my boy. He's here on time. Carl is with us tonight. What's up, sir? Oh, not much, man. Just uh, living the dream, as they say. Uh, that thing white people say all the time, living the dream. It's not just white folks. And that's, exa- <laughs> that's exactly what I say right now. It's been a long week, stressful work week, but uh, ready to spend a few minutes here talking to 
my partner in crime. <clears throat> if y'all could see my boy, he has like this caveman nerd chic going on, <laughs> and it's like it's like kind of sexy. Yeah, and, it's true. Uh, it's bothering me because I don't like him being sexy. <laughs> Unless you're, you're used to me seeing, you're used to me having like buzz cut and like real like my beard is like trimmed up. Right now, I'm just like I haven't been to a barber since February. Shit, so, me, neither have I. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, yours is long too. Like is it, it kind of looks, it looks good on you though. I think. I'm, st- I'm trying to style it for the first time in my life. It feels so weird. I'm, oh, I'm yeah. probably going to okay. braids in about a month. I probably yeah. have braids going into the holiday. I like it. I'm trying to get it to where I can get a man bun, but right now it's only like a little bitty. It's like an alfalfa sprout back there. Oh, you it's got the little here. samurai, like the little bitty. Yeah, little yeah. I put it up one day, Sally. Put it up for me. She just slicked it back, and we put it. It was awful looking, but you know, she liked it. So it's, that's all that matters, right? Yeah. It's kind of funny because uh, the homie Rich Ladder from uh, Social Suplex One Nation Radio threw his shit out forever. Even made a song about it called "Haired," and then cut his shit because he just got married. And I'm right. the exact opposite. My ass is growing my shit because I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. Eventually, um, but- we'll be get back to the barber one day. I, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I want. I, I haven't grown my hair this long since college, so we're gonna mm. see, go with it. Same. <clears throat> Hard same. I, I was like nineteen, so yeah, I was well. I was a little younger, but yeah. Um, we haven't. Uh, just for the record, I know you guys don't hear Kyle. Kyle got some work to do. He may pop in a little later, but for now, you got the OGs. So I apologize in advance. <laughs> Um, and I, I brought my liquid courage, so well that you're never with, never too far from it. <laughs> yeah. Facts. The best part about this is <clears> the, <throat> the first, we're gonna we're gonna try to break down the uh, wonderful card of Hell in a Cell, which has a mesmerizing, um, like ridiculously loaded four matches scheduled. <laughs> well, uh, is it really four or is it three? Right. Technically. It's three and a possible. I feel like we're playing spades. Three Bas- and a possible. Basically, it's like the first hour of WrestleMania. <laughs> first 30 yes. minutes. I don't know. Something like that. No, nah, the cell match is going to be long. You, well, so, Roman and Jay going to go 45 easy. Just oh, because yeah. of the story involved. Bailey and Sasha, when it gets you know, announced, a, will be a long one. Easy 30. And and Randy Orton is the king of bloated long matches just because they need to be long for no yeah. reason other than that. So those cell matches will take up two hours. And then you throw in that there's uh, Elias and Jeff Hardy, which actually could be fun. And throw a couple other random matches on the card. Like it'll it'll fill up a good two and a half, three hours, and we go about our day. That well, is we're... actually I'm sorry, real say... quick. That is yeah, that ahead. is actually the beauty. And the beauty of this kind of new WWE pay-per-view style, thanks to COVID, and a little before COVID, is if it's not a main pay-per-view, if it's not like a big four pay-per-view, you out of there at nine o'clock. I was yeah, I was just about to say the same thing. Like took the words right out of my mouth. Like right now, it's it's to a point now where they get the pre-show going about what like six five thirty yeah five thirty six five and then because they start you're out of there big shows at six because that's seven o'clock Eastern time. Yeah, which it used to be the other way. It used to be it would start at 7, mm-hmm. 8 Eastern time. And so you might be watching a show till 10 o'clock, 11, depending on where you live. So, 
Yeah, it's nice. I mean, it's based in the summertime, right? In the summertime this year, pay-per-views are over before it was dark outside. I'm saying, like, you know, normal, that's only a California thing, but like in the South. Yeah, exactly. So, yes. So that is actually, and, and with being a parent, that's, I'm very appreciative of that. A parent and a working man. Mm-hmm. Um, but so the, the hilarity of this episode, y'all, is we're about to talk about two subjects that, uh, two two brands Carl doesn't watch. Nope. At all. Don't need to, though. Well, Not for these I, particular topics, really. Oh, boy. Um, okay, you want to go with AEW first? You want to go with the WWE's topic first? Actually, uh, there's another topic I want to throw in that can kind of play a part in all of this, because it's been a really shitty week for wrestling, y'all. Yeah, it has. So I'm just it's I'm just good wrestling stuff, but like the stories that are outside of the ring have been terrible. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I was just gonna say, uh I'll let you pick it, man. Just lead the way. We'll we'll uh you know, whatever you think is the best way to kick it off. Well, uh I okay, so if we're gonna go about relevancy, I think the big news going in today, um, you know we normally record this show on Thursdays. And so, you know, we're we're able to Thursday is, I think, a perfect day for us because we're able to kind of preview what's happening on SmackDown and talk about what happened last. Raw is still fresh enough for us to remember. And then NXT and AEW, which is kind of the crux of a lot of conversations in the IWC, yeah. right, just happened. And both shows were good last night. I mean, before we get to the negative shit, what did you think of the uh, MJF and the Jericho? Uh, I forgot what they called it. Uh, the, debonair the, or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, Jericho God, was debonair called. Stuff. Yeah. What'd you think? I I mean, I like silly stuff in wrestling, so it didn't. I thought, I thought it was good. MJF's got some pipes. Good for him. Um, and I, I will say that I think we always talk about. You know, MJF gets talked about a lot as one of these guys that's like future, future of the business type because he's already so good on the mic and all that stuff. And the wrestling will get better as he goes along. You would hope. That's the hope. I mean, he's he's it's fine. You know, and I'm one of the people really underrated because he plays. He's one of those old school heels in that kind of Terry Funk, Bully Ray esque. I, I know that's a that's quite the. Sure. Yeah, between the two, but that will like kill his moveset for right. the purposes of being hated. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think my my whole deal with, with 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 the segment is they're building on this friendship or this relationship that the two guys have. You know, the shit's not going to last forever. I mean, it's you know. So I think it's it's very Jericho. Like it's very Jericho of the last like decade right like goof goofy kind of kind of it's kind of like what you got a little bit with the list it reminded me of the uh best friend celebration festival of friendship yes yeah the festival of friendship yeah it reminded me of that a little bit um just the all-out silliness of it and so if you like silliness and wrestling i think it works if you're a little bit more old school and just want it to be more straight and narrow i guess it doesn't but AEW has kind of the thing that the thing about them, and it's kind of it's kind of a little bit of a of a, of a rant, I guess. Is, is the thing about AEW is I don't know, I still don't know what they are, and I think part of that is because they don't know what they are. Mm-hmm. There's this there's this idea that when they started, they were going to give us this like 
uh, I don't know. They pre they wanted to present it completely different, you know. So I wasn't really expecting things like this or like Matt Hardy to appear and disappear in different parts of the arena and things of that nature. It doesn't bother me. I think it's fine. But present yourself that way. You know what I mean? Like, don't act like you were going to be like this sport, essentially, with rankings and records and all this stuff. And then throw me this curve. Like, just be what you are. Your sport. They don't want to say it because it's what they are. But they're sports entertainment. They don't want to say it. They want to be wrestling. But, and it is. But you know as well as I do, when you're having, um, you know, mimosa matches and stuff like that. I mean, you know, come on. The, the the most promoted segment going into uh dynamite was uh was a sit down steak dinner between two of their top stars right like that's what was pushed the most yeah yeah to, to piggyback what you're saying you ever met you ever seen a dude who says nah dog i don't drink but every time you see him at a gathering he got a cup in his hand yeah that's aw <laughs> they they so you say you don't know what they are, but they are. We all know what they are. They're sports entertainment, but they but they have they have done they have done, gotten the anti WWE effect in that everything that they say, their fans believe, even if it's against the facts. Right. So like they could say, well, look, man, this, you know the sky is pink. I mean, I thought it was blue, but I guess it's pink now. Like that's <laughs> and and I'm and I'm not being facetious, like. Because so many things have happened that their fans stand by. I want to shout, and this is not a diss, because he knows I love him. He knows he's a good, dear friend of mine. And I'll even have him come on the show if he wasn't in Australia. But Sam, Sir Sam from yeah. Resting Headlines, even put out a tweet today that said, <laughs> and, and I, I can't quote it directly. I don't have it on hand. I can find it. But the essential, <clears throat> essentially saying that if this was WWE, I would roll my eyes at this. But because it's AEW and because I trust their long-term long -term storytelling, it's good. That shouldn't affect if you like it or not. Right. Like, I <laughs> love the segment. I loved it. It was hilarious to me. And right. I've always enjoyed that hokey, different type of stuff. We, You and I, more so than, than Kyle, are fans of the entertainment part of sports entertainment. Correct. I could care less if there's 150 flips in a match. Correct. Yes, I I enjoy the the sport aspect of it. You know, I enjoy watching holds and like I'm a jujitsu fan. I enjoy watching mat wrestling and the actual you know uh, talent of the performers in the ring. But ultimately, if I don't care while they're doing it, then I don't why would I watch it? Right, and that's of like for me, it's very similar. Like I am the per like I am I'm old school in the fact that. The kind of style of wrestling I like is typically the bruiser style. You know, like if you notice the kind of guys that I talk about a lot when I talk about wrestling are guys like Sheamus. There's a reason for that because he's a big guy. He beats you up. That's the kind of stuff I like. But at the same time, I can appreciate Sheamus being like a Irish pub bartender. You know what I mean? Like for a character. Like so if there's like you can balance the two, I suppose. And I think that, you know. But at the end of the day, for me, it all comes down to, did you entertain me enough in the buildup to make me even want to watch this match? Like, yeah. because, you know, I'm not like, you can get extra stars out of a match with me just because the buildup was good. Roman you know? Right. So, I mean, there's, there's something to that. And I think that 
I'll never be a purist when it comes to wrestling, which is why I don't want a company to say, Hey, this is we're this. We're just a pure wrestling company when you're not, there's a guy on Twitter and I won't say his handle. Cause I don't know if he would want me to or not, but he calls them all friends wrestling <laughs> because I mean, you know, that's kind of what it is. And I, and I think, and the thing about that is when you do, when you, when you do something with your friends, you all eventually it's hive mind. You all eventually think the same thing. Like when you're, when you're trying to, when you're trying to present something as, as, as truth or fact, it's very like, this is what we are. And you can't tell me otherwise because we all decided that this is what it is. And that's okay. But just be honest about what you are. I mean, yeah. that, I mean, AEW is just as carny and goofy as WWE and, and all the other wrestling companies out there, you know, with the that, exception of new Japan. Yeah. And maybe ring of honor. Cause you know, ring of honor has always been kind of straight laced. Right. Um, that you're, <clears throat> you're spot on. I, that, that I love that segment, but all I could think of watching it is, man, if this was WWE, they'd be killing it. And oh, yeah. that didn't change my enjoyment of it. Sure. Um, but that is a that is a fact, and that turns me off on not. The, and I'm I'm a different kind of person. You know me very well, better than Dan or anybody. So like, the fans will turn me off of a product more quicker than the actual product will. Um. But you're right because like they they have a num they have a number one contenders tournament right now, uh, top eight men, and um, of they have a number one they have a number one contenders uh, tournament to to crown a number one contender for the AEW championship, and none of the eight men in the tournament are in the top five rankings. <laughs> the guy who's fighting Moxley at full gear in a few weeks, Eddie, Eddie Kingston. Kingston, yeah. My guy, I oh, he's love great. Eddie. My, I wish you, I wish he was in the show. I watch more often. I'll be honest, man. With you. I, me too. But and I, I mean, enjoyed but, him in his brief run in NWA before they kind of stopped with all that. I enjoyed him there too. He was really good. Yes, but I am happy for him in AEW because AEW will let him say what he wants. True. So I do very enjoy true. That. Um, he's not even he's not on the ranking. So nine men <laughs> <laughs> that are involved right now in the title picture. And none of them are in the rankings. And it's very, it's very, you know what? It's very thrown together. It reminds me of, it reminds me of when right before Jinder Mahal beat Randy Orton for the title, they had like a, some like little, it was a four-way match. I can't even remember now, but it was like a bunch of people. I mean, Sami Zayn was in it. I remember that. That may have been like the only person. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just kind of like, well, how do these, how did Jinder Mahal get in here? You know, that's what you thought. Cause what, what's he doing in here? So it's very like, it's got that feel like, and we've discussed, we've gone ad nauseum about the rankings and all that stuff and why they feel the need to even do it when that's, they're not running really, they're not really running anything based off of it necessarily. You know, they're not. And I feel the opposite of you. I, Cause I'm insulted. They're even having a, a, a tournament because it's, it's clear to everybody who can and to those who can't see, shout out to my disabled folk. <laughs> this is going to end up being Kenny versus Hangman Page. Sure. So why are you even wasting my time? Like they squashed Sunday last night. Kenny squashed him in fifteen minutes. Now. Fifteen seconds. Fifteen. I'm sorry. You're right. Fifteen seconds. <laughs> now, there's a couple of things here. Number one, Joey Janela got around somebody who had COVID. We don't know if he tested positive or not, but out of pr- Airing a caution, he they took him out, and the only and it's natural because Joey and Sonny are a team. Sonny takes his place. 
So Joey might have got squashed as well. I am not. I'm not sure where I stand on the shit. I don't shit Sunny. Was it an issue that Sunny got squashed because of who Sunny is? I didn't like it, but again, I understand what the point is. Kenny's reestablishing himself as the cleaner, and to do right. that, he's gonna have to <clears throat> run through motherfuckers. I just, yeah. I hate it had to be seen. A, I mean, had to be had to be Sunny. It reminds me of remember when, um. Brock, we haven't even got to the topics yet. Remember when Brock squashed Cena at SummerSlam? Yes. Now, the way we felt about it, we loved it because Cena had never been, we had never seen Cena that way, right? Right. In the same breath, imagine if it was Daniel Bryan. Tell me you wouldn't feel differently. Uh, yeah, probably so, yeah. And that's how I feel about it being sunny. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not against the point. I just felt like it could have it gotten across better if it wasn't sunny because and it's not that's not fair i know it's not fair but sunny is such a unique character and such an important character for so many people yep that you know we've never seen that kind of character in person quite frankly like in mainstream wrestling like yes you you know Orlando Jordan did his thing, and Rico, and there's always been people who's played eccentric, but you have an openly queer, gender fluid wrestler out here treated like a legitimate wrestler. Yeah, and it, I don't know, it just it doesn't feel right. And I, I think that um, I think you probably because it probably ends up being. Um, Janela, if Janela gets squashed, nobody really probably says a word about it. Not a thing. Because, you know, but at the same time, right. And that's probably what it would have been. So, in my opinion, I understand why you put Sonny in there to take Janela's place, like you said, the point. Where's Sean Spears at? Bring that goofy motherfucker in there. Let him get squashed. Is he in the tournament? No, he's not. But Sean Spears is number five in the rankings because this year, Sean Spears is 14 and two. Oh, they got him winning matches. He's winning, ma- but he's he doesn't wrestle on dynamite. He wrestles on dark. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So that's why nobody knows. <laughs> um, he is built. He apparently is building a feud with Scorpio Sky. Okay, um, that they'll probably have a match yet. Um, full gear, which I mean, I'm down for because Scorpio is fantastic in the ring, and as much hate as we like to throw the super mega heels way, I'm wearing his <laughs> WWE shirt right now. Ah, that's fair. So, but the real reason we brought up AEW is because of the tag match. Eight-man tag. Eight-man tornado tag or whatever the fuck. So, Butcher and the Blade, the Young Bucks. Who was the, th- who was the fourth? Oh, Private Party. And uh, Three and Ten, I believe, is Sil- Silver and Reynolds from the Dark Order. I, I lose track of the numbers. <laughs> I know Evil Uno and I know Studos. The rest of them, you could, I, yeah, the numbers. But uh, everybody's favorite tag team, Silver and, and Reynolds. And uh, Reynolds basically took the Omega effect, the um, tandem, uh, top rope, splash, and leg drop from yeah. Private Party. And Cassidy, like, stiffed the shit out that leg drop. Not on purpose, but it happens. Sure. And Alex Reynolds was visibly out. His Knocked hand, out. his arm was stuck in the air on the ground. And the first thing they do is Blade, 
aka Pepper Parks, for those of you who know Pepper Parks from the Indies, drags him to the corner to tag him in. And then they proceed to keep going and having the match for another minute before he comes to comes to and realizes, and you can see him physically terrified. Yeah. Like what's happening. And then he takes two or three more bumps. Yeah, he does. Nick hits him with the um basically the CM Punk combo, the running knee to the corner and then the bulldog. Bulldog. Like yeah. there, so there's so much wrong with this. Number one, Pepper Parks has been wrestling too goddamn long to not have seen this man out. And don't tell me he didn't see it, because why would he drag him to the damn corner? To make a tag. He drug him to the corner, got out of the ring, reached over, grabbed his hand, and tagged himself. He knew he was out. Period. And, then when, he, and when he tagged him, even if, you, even if you're thinking he's just selling the shit out of it, because, again, Silver and Reynolds are fantastic. Sure. When you tagged his arm and it didn't move? <laughs> Yeah, and then, you know, a lot of people have been going after the ref, which is completely fair, by the way. But also, like, look, you've got you've got two, the not-so-young bucks are in the ring, okay? Those guys have been wrestling forever, okay? Forever. They've been wrestling since they were, quite literally, the young bucks. And so I don't understand how nobody in all the chaos doesn't see this. It felt like one of these situations where they were everybody was just trying to get their shit in. Because that's, that's what that—that's what will that, and that's what a tag team match is in AE, not in AEW necessarily, but a Young Bucks tag team match is very much get your shit in. And I mean, AEW too, sir. Yeah, I mean, you know, outside of maybe I was thinking maybe like you know the FTR, but yeah, I mean, so uh, you know, uh, just it's it's egregious first of all because I just don't like. I didn't watch the show live. I didn't see it live. I'm a, but I mean, clearly people that were watching it noticed because it ended up on a clip on the interwebs not too much longer after the fact that it happened. So, I mean, I guess what I'm trying to figure out here is what happened? What's the logic? If you're one of these guys in the ring, what was your thought process? And dragging a guy to the ring should have, first of all, not knowing what his injury was, you could have made it worse by dragging him to the ring. That was dragging him to the corner. That was stupid. They should he should have gotten over him and told or said something to the referee. The referee should have noticed. Throw up an X, something. Because there are times where certain types of injuries, if you move someone's head, can make it worse. And like so, so what? Happened? I don't know, man. That's just it's one of these things where I'm just like, well, let's break it down because there are six entities I'm pissed off at. First entity very clearly is Pepper Parks Blade, number one. You should have known. You should have fucking known when you dragged him. And you did know. Number two, Rick Knox, the ref. We, yeah. we trash AEW's refs on here so much because they... And and I individually, as people, you don't get much better people than Aubrey Edwards, Rick Knox, and Bryce Renberg. They are fantastic people, and they have done fantastic work. But it's something about in that company that they just can't get it right. This has happened... Way too many times, Britt Baker got knocked out and Aubrey didn't notice. Matt Hardy got knocked out and they started the match. At, they kept the match going. Now, Alex Reynolds got knocked Like, what are we doing? That's number two. Number three, the Young Bucks were in the match. Your EVPs. Ultimately, yeah. it's not just your job to wrestle. You put that on yourself when you made the deal with Tony to be EVPs. You are more responsible. You're more, you are 
responsible for more than just your moves and your matches. That is what you chose. Number three. Number four, and I know people ain't going to think about this, but John Silver should have noticed his partner was hurt. That's your partner. Sure. Why are you going along with the match? Yeah. In fact, because he, after Reynolds got dragged to the side, um, uh, Silver was the one who was in the ring still taking, still going at it. Number five, whoever's sitting at the gorilla position, or they call it the dusty position because it's Cody. Right. <laughs> uh, so Tony, Cody, Kenny, who, Dean Malenko, whoever is there should have noticed he wasn't moving. That's the entire reason you're there. <laughs> you're not like Vince, so you don't feed lines to the, the commentary. You don't, your, your producers don't produce matches. They do what they want. What other reason do you have a gorilla position for? And even after the match, Cody came to check on him. So now you want to notice after the dude is up and moving. Sure. And sixth, apparently after the match, the doctor yanked him out of the ring to check on him. <clears throat> what are we doing? <laughs> this is a professional company? Yes. And look, they don't run a sloppy company. shop. Well, shout out to Taz, because, <laughs> you know. Um, and, and, and I know people are going to immediately jump to WWE. Because they have have had their egregious moments too. Absolutely. Uh, and in, in in this situation, the only thing recently that I you can think of is is live, and they corrected that fast as fuck. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. But think about think about recently. What was it the other the other week when uh, Ivar got hurt and they stopped the match even though sure. they kicked out? Yeah. Like they will they they will. The most famous one is when Brian was in the midst of his concussion run. And him and Randy Orton were in that 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 uh, hardcore match, and they stopped the match. And Brian and Triple H got in a legit fight in the back because Brian didn't know why they stopped the match. Right, like that's caring about your employee. I'm and sorry. so this is Independent where, contractors. right? So this, <laughs> so this is where I kind of go, and I'm gonna put, I'm not gonna name six people that I'm mad at. I'm gonna name one. And it's Khan. And and look, and I'm not trying to drag Tony Khan because we can, I promise you, there are less skeletons in his closet than Vince McMahon's. Okay. We're not going to play that game. But, and we're going to, by the way, WWE is going to get some work here in a little bit too. So let's not just, you know, let's not worry about, let's not worry. It's not just the AEW sloppy shop show. Okay. But this is why it's, it's Khan because you just had an incident with this with Matt Hardy not too long ago. Okay. You ultimately own the company. It's it's your company, period. After that incident happened, you doubled down on the decisions the first time. And then you had Matt Hardy come out and say all this other stuff. And you, you kind, it kind of got swept. I mean, eventually it blew over. Okay. But after that incident happens, that's the point where you have to put something in place I mean, if like who someone noticed, okay, someone noticed, and what that tells me is they didn't do any, they haven't made any kind of effort to fix the problems, and they are past the point now of grace period where we say, oh well, still a young company, we're not doing that anymore, and you know th this is it's indicative of a bad what I personally view 
as a bad, an unsafe work environment or a bad culture, because you're just essentially allowing guys to do whatever. You, I mean, Matt Hardy, you stopped him for 30 seconds. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you're letting these guys do whatever and you're going to end up, someone's going to end up dying in that ring. Someone's going to end up severely hurt, never wrestling again because of stuff like this. you got to put a stop to it. And there's no defense. And to everyone's credit, by the way, everyone I've seen online, AEW fan, WWE fan, whatever, has been very, very in agreement that this was terrible. It's a bad look. But it, it kind of got swept under the rug even still because of the Jericho MJF segment being so great and the Kenny Omega bringing back the cleaner and all, you know, and all these things. So once again, it kind of got overlooked because we're so happy with AEW's television show. Come on, man. Like there are, this would not, ha- it doesn't happen anywhere else right now. Still, they're still in this grace period. That I just don't understand. At what point do we say, look, these guys have to be responsible for what happens in that ring. And they've got to say something. Has Tony Khan said anything like uh, these guys have got to say something, speak up, speak out something. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to the Twitter guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not trying to get on a rant, you know, but we talked about this earlier in our little group chat about, and it goes, it gets a little political here, but we talked about Andrew Yang and I'm not here to bash Andrew Yang, but he has been very, he's been here very adamant about, what he wants to do with how WWE wrestlers are classified in terms of, um, you know, independent contractors. Sorry, I couldn't find the words there. Independent contractors. But you never really hear him say anything about any other company. And this right here is, this situation right here is the exact reason why he should be paying attention to other companies and not just sticking his foot down the mouth of WWE. And I understand it to a degree because WWE is a big dog. And in a lot of ways, if you get them to do it, others might follow, should follow suit. It's a domino effect typically, but Tony Khan and AEW, they got lots of money. So they are just as on the hook, in my opinion, for things like this, for criticism as WWE, because Tony Khan and AEW, they can't afford to make sure proper protocols are put in place. Yes. Those things cost money. The cost is involved, training and, and those types of things. They've got the money. This isn't an issue of money. It's an issue of, of ignorance and yes. negligence. And, and I'm sorry, but this needs to, it need, some, somebody's got to do something. This cannot keep going on. It's going to happen again. There's going to be another yeah. situation where someone's going to get hurt. It's wrestling. You know, you, you say it's going to happen again at uh, full gear. Sammy Guevara and Matt Hardy are wrestling again in the elite deletion. <laughs> Right. Which is like is, I guess it's gonna be cinematic tape one of those Matt Hardy specials. So they can right. I guess they can they can officially hide the concussion this time because sure. it's gonna be taped. Sure. Um this is an out there comparison, but you'll get it, especially if you're a basketball fan. But remember when Derrick Rose won the MVP? And this I'm not trying to that I'm not trying to dish your boy. No, you're fine. <laughs> but uh if y'all don't you, you know, Carl Carl's he's an Arkansas kid, but he's from Memphis. So he has an, an inordinate amount of love for Derrick Rose. I do love Derrick Rose, yeah. When Derrick Rose won MVP, he was, what, 22, 23? Yeah, he's young. Derrick, Derrick Rose won MVP, and he was a dynamic player, but he was a subpar shooter. He, had, he was a, a subpar defender, was not a good passer, and basically his whole game was going to the basket and making amazing plays. But because he was so dynamic, because LeBron had just left, and because the Bulls were the number one seed, he won MVP. No sure. issue with that. 
And the argument with a lot of people was, well, he'll only get better. You so give him some excuses because he's so young. And my argument was, no. When you win the MVP, just like with Lamar Jackson, I'm a I'm a Ravens fan. I'll put it on myself. Be completely fair. When you win MVP, you are supposed to be at the top level. There is no more excuses. The analogy here is AW got a TV deal. Not only a TV deal, they have four years worth of a TV deal. They have all the same things essentially WWE has in the wrestling spectrum. So it doesn't matter if they've been wrestling one month, one year, one decade. They are at the same they, – they are on a major cable channel. Yes. Actually, I think T- TNT might be bigger than USA at this point. In a prime have, slot. In a prime slot. They have pay-per-views. They have major talent. They have major behind-the-scenes talent, producers and whatnot. There is no excuse for this. Zero. So, like, I, Chris Nowinski needs to drive down there imme- immediately and meet with these people. Show them what they should be looking for, because this we were just we were just bitching and complaining because they they ended the Mickey James match early because the ref thought she was hurt, right? And she wasn't, right? But much, we were mad much about better, this. yeah, much better, safe than sorry. You know, if if something looks bad, you know, at the end of the day, it's a wrestling match. Like, I'm sorry, you can always redo it. This isn't, you know, it's not. This is it's it's wrestling. It's not world. like we haven't. You can always play it off as something. It's not that big of a deal, you know but what I mean? This, but this is the same company with the same fan base that would that would rather believe Tony Khan over Ribby Hardy that Matt Hardy had a concuss- that didn't have a concussion. Yeah, I'm not going to believe the man's wife. The, well, she's a liar. This is fucking. Yeah, wild. that's the only reason because of her whatever because of her you know her care like how she is or because she's an abrasive type or has an attitude or whatever. But it's still her husband. And she's never lied. The only reason we don't like Ruby is because she trashes Ashley Massaro after Ashley Massaro died. True. She's 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 not you know the nicest person in the world. She's quite uncouth. So that's the you know, but that's fine. Doesn't mean that she's lying when she says, "Yeah, my husband got a fucking concussion." What 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 purpose is there? So yeah, you're right. I mean, Bob. By, by the way, um, also in the uh, also um, last night. Ray Phoenix fought his brother Pentagon. What what is what name is he now? Penta O L M E M zero two five zero zero dark thirty as as Clive was calling him or something like that. Pentagon. That's, that's what, his mama called him Pentagon. I call him Pentagon. <laughs> uh, That'd be Ray funny Phoenix. if his mom really did call him Pentagon. <laughs> I hope she does now. Uh, hey. They have a very strong lucha lineage in, they, in their family. They may. That's fair. That's fair. Um, Ray Phoenix hurt his neck. So I don't know if he's like hurt, hurt, or it was just one of those, ooh, that situation. Right. So. He gets banged up quite a bit, though, I've noticed. I've, do you like... watch what he does? Yes. Oh, yeah, I'll watch. Does. That's why I don't care for that style of wrestling. It seems like they always hurt themselves. The Lucha Brothers are two of the most immensely talented yet immensely terrifying wrestlers to watch yeah. and not in the Abdullah the Butcher Abdullah the Butcher Necro Butcher type Bruiser Brody type where like they're legitimately terrifying but in that they're going to do something two or three times a match that make you terrified for their lives yeah it reminds me of um, a few years ago in New Orleans when I went to the Supercard of Honor and Punishment did that oh, fucking, yeah and yeah. it didn't land very nicely 
and he's a big boy. And I was like, Oh, that's not great. Like, yeah, like that's kind of stuff. And they, they do do that a lot. That is a very common theme with that type of wrestling. Like you're going to see guys do crazy shit. I get nervous anytime I see spots that look awkward. So like for just for instance, this is just kind of a sidebar. Lacey Evans, that moonsault she does where she jumps and moonsaults. I don't like it. Oh no. In the ring. I love it. Cause that's, she knows she can do it. I know the she knows she could do it. I still worry. The one she did Monday where she did the moonsault off yeah. the apron. Yeah. I don't know what they Stop were even it. thinking having her do that. Stop. She, it. She's six feet tall. You know, like this isn't going to work. She needs more air to get. You can't get any air doing that really. Just because this and this, but this is a WWE thing. Just because you are athletic doesn't right. mean you can do every athletic thing. And they, they've had her do some stuff before. Like there was that spot with Naomi a while back where they tried to have on SmackDown, they have her try to do something. But that's, I'm kind of getting off subject, but just like moves like that where something looks like it can be a little shaky always make me nervous. That's why I like the ground and pound beat them up guys. They don't do that very much. You know what I mean? Like occasionally you get it, but not so much. The, the joke is that uh, Vince forgot that Charlotte is, isn't wrestling. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, tell Charlotte to do another moonsault. Yeah. <laughs> tell her to do that moonsault, pal. <laughs> let's get on the WWE. Let's, 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 let's shit on them for a second. Okay, I'm down. Before we get to Speaking Out UK, or NXT Speaking Out, you heard that apparently um, Orange County released like they're like COVID hotspots in all three of WWE's places. Where yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised <laughs> in the least bit. Uh, oh, that's hilarious! And and <laughs> w- what I found funny, being an NBA fan, is they called it the WWE Amway Center. I know the DeVos family and the Magic are like, ooh, <laughs> our bad. For the record, for the record, WWE earned that distinction because yes, they. they did were terrible with this yes. whole process. Yes, they were. Yes, um, they were. I'm, I'm surprised Roman didn't. I'm surprised Roman came back. Still surprised. I think that they made they made consent. First and foremost, when 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 the first one got out, like they realized, okay, something's wrong here. Yeah. But then some other shit happened, and then like some more, a couple other people got it because they're clearly not doing what they're supposed to do at home. Right. But they had to make some like Roman has said, like I show up to the arena, I go do my stuff, I get in the car and I leave. Like Roman isn't there at two o'clock like the rest of the wrestlers are. Right. <laughs> because like they know he ain't he ain't for it. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, like there's a lot of these people. Ky- Kyle O'Reilly, you know? Kyle O'Reilly is a diabetic. He wasn't with the shits. And like yeah. now he's he just main invented takeover. So they made concessions and they 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 made some changes, um, and they're testing and especially down at at the the Capitol Wrestling Center, the P the PC, whatever you, it's called now. Yeah, like they really they like testing testing. Um, what they're not testing for is pedophiles or <laughs> idiots or or domestic abusers or just all of these motherfuckers. So I guess they don't. I guess they don't want to go overseas to do it. That's the problem. Maybe it's just overseas. Oh, I know it's over here too. <laughs> and for the record, for the record, what's hilarious is what we're gonna talk about NXT UK. But the three guys that we know about was well, apparently more than three, but the three main guys we know about in, in the stateside, Riddle, Patrick, and Austin Theory, 
they get their ass whipped every week. Have you noticed that? I have noticed that. Uh, I will say though that you know before we jump on the UK that this 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 kind of stuff is more than like you get you got to lose in the ring bad. You know what I mean? This isn't the curtain call 1996 where you broke kayfabe. <laughs> You know, this oh, is something. But, this but is work. This is and, and hog matches with Phineas Godwin. Right, exactly. So, and it's weird to me because I, you know, when we talk about it, we know Triple H is running the NXT shit, right? That's his baby, and so it's interesting. Like, does is Triple H the one levying these punishments, um, as if to say, okay, well, you know, this is how I got punished when I did bad things. Well, this is how you get punished now, too. You're just going to lose some matches. Like, uh, surely he is not. I wonder about Triple H sometimes. And and the, and the, the whatever's going through his brain where he's worried about, yeah, Matt Riddle and Velveteen Dream, especially, especially those two, had Star written all over him, especially Velveteen Dream, in my opinion. But I mean, so I'm so oh, well, like you're, you can always, you're going to find, there's always going to be new wrestling talent. This isn't, this is once again, this isn't some, you know, where wrestling is now, where, where it is right now, where there's, you know, it's very, it's still very niche. You've got 3 million people watching pretty much mm-hmm. at, at the max, you know, usually we're not, I don't think we're ever going back to the glory days of Austin 316 and know your role, SmackDown hotel Hulk, maybe, but even if we, even if we did, these guys are not so great that they're beyond reproach that they are loose some matches. And that's it. That's enough for me. It's not enough. It's not enough for people. You see it. People, they are getting every week. These guys come out there. And if and I know Twitter isn't the real world, okay, but like the internet drags them to hell every week. Like that has to mean something. You know what I mean? You've made enough people uncomfortable. Oh yeah. Oh yes. So what are we doing? For the record, this isn't a conversation we can have to, we need to have today, but I want to have it. I I I believe that we're in the glory days. Okay, that's fair. So, sounds like another sounds like another podcast. <laughs> Look at you. That's what we in the business call foreshadowing. Yeah, foreshadowing. That's a that's a tease. Um yes, but it's this is this is this is the reason why we're fans and we're not businessmen, wrestling businessmen. Because yeah. I agree with everything you said. However, there is this thing called contract legality that yeah. may say otherwise. So while People like Jack Gallagher, who was openly admitted to what he did, can be gone. And Leguero, who's openly admitted that he did it, it can be gone. And Travis Banks, who's openly admitted he did it, can be gone. You just fire them immediately. Well, yeah, because they openly admitted it. They broke a cause. From what I've been told, from what I've been led to believe, Riddle, who says of his own mouth, and Patrick told WWE about their transgressions before they came out. Right. So if you fire them now, that is retaliation. So like, and, and some, if there's a lawyer listening, in fact, I'll, you know what? I'll, I have a lawyer friend, homie Dave Ungar from Bandwagon Nerds and Attitude of Aggression. I'll ask him this for sure, 
and get a concrete answer for you next podcast. But I'm sure that the issue is the legality of firing them and them because these are accusations. Not one person has been charged. Not one case has, except for Riddle's case now, which is a civil case. It isn't a criminal case. Not one of these has gone to criminal court. I don't even think, other than Riddle, any case has been filed. So this is literally just, well, she said this. So if you're Vince McMahon or Triple H, and these are people who are, especially in the case of Riddle and Dream, who are integral to your business, you're just going to say, no, you're gone. Or you're going to say, let's see what happens. In the meantime, I'm going to use them. Now to you and me, this bullshit. Fire them. There's a, you got a million other people you can hire. But to them, it's worth waiting. And, and one thing I think we know about Vince and Triple H, especially Vince, is he respects a person who can deal with adversity. So if, like, these guys, these Riddle and especially Patrick, because Patrick getting it from not only from, not only from the fans, but from, like, the other NXT guys from what I hear. Like, he is ostracized. Sure. Like, if he can still thrive, because he's been all, forget all the bias, he's been doing well. He's performed fantastically through all of this, performance-wise. Um, that breeds respect in Vince's mind, which is a crazy thing, and puts you in the mind of the beast. But so, when you go to NXT, and you, Breeze, we brought this up, and you see Jordan Devlin coming back, and... um Redebuting again with the Cruiserweight Championship next week. And you see Joe Coffey coming back. And Gen yeah. 7 never left. Wolfgang never left. When you see these things happening, I think these are the reasons. And I could be wrong. This it's gotta be it's gotta be what it is. Sure. I mean, I mean, I can see it. And I think you'll maybe we'll learn more about it. Maybe when their contracts expire and we say, oh, okay, do the, and I don't, we don't know. This isn't like WWE isn't really like the, we don't, we don't have an Adam Schefter of the WWE. You know, we're like, Ryan's anytime Ryan said, right. right. <laughs> when someone signs a contract, you know, we don't know. Oh, well, Roman Reigns just signed a three year deal worth $130 million with 3 million, 30 million guaranteed or whatever the fuck. We don't get the, we don't get that. So, we don't always know when contracts expire until someone just kind of randomly tells us. And I think that's, I think, I don't know how long these guys are signed for what it looks like, you know, is the backlash for the guys in the UK as big as it is in the U S because, you know, the majority of the WWE brand, especially it is a worldwide brand, but the main stars, you mostly see them in the U S the majority of the time. So the UK guys, is it one of these things where it's like, okay, well, we can let it slide because in the UK it's this, you know, and in the US it's this. But it, but well, that's that to your credit, Marty Skrull. Marty Skrull, while he's been ostracized from Ring of Honor, did nothing legally wrong. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, there's, there is, there, that's the other part of it too, right? Like, well, like you said earlier, like legality. Like, what are you firing me for? You know, I didn't break a law. You know. I might be a t- gross human being, which is definitely the case, but, but is, you know, is, is, is it provable though? This right. is the thing that we have to remember. I truly believe me and I can, I, I know I can speak for you and more than anybody. I know I can speak for Kyle. Right. And we here at the outsider's edge firmly believe in believing 
people who are who, believing accusers when they say something happened, right? The onus should not be on the accuser to prove their their that they're telling the truth. The onus should be on the person who was accused to prove that they didn't. Correct. It should be, right? Now, that's really how we all should feel. However, in a business or a court of law, you can't go with feelings. You have to go with facts. And if there are nothing, there are no facts that can ver- verifiably prove that this happened, then it's he said, she said. It well, is. I believe she said. But you, you're going to fire a man that makes $150,000 a year and is globally all over the world? Yeah. And, and to be fair, like this is a lot of the reason why I don't necessarily always join the discourse yeah. with this particular subject. Because a lot of – you that part that you just said, the part, the part that you said out loud there is the part that if you try and bring it up in a lot of circles, it's not going to end well necessarily. And so – there are a lot of people that, you know, you and me can talk about this and we can put it out on the airwaves. But there are also a lot of people in the wrestling community that I trust. And, you know, I don't want to put myself in a situation where I'm at odds with someone over something that even though I agree, we still have to look at the reality. And like I said before, and I think it's really important to remember that social media is not the world at large, by and large. I mean, you can very easily get on social media and fall in line with the exact same people that think the exact same way you do. No problem. It's called a mute button. It's called a block button. You say something I don't like, you're fucking out of here. And you can easily, very easily set yourself up with only people that are on your side, right? You can't do that in the real world. You go to work, you got to work with people who do not agree with you. Your family members may not agree with you. Your friends may not agree with you. And you can kind of cut that out a little bit, sure. But, like, there are situations in life that you cannot do that. So the discourse on this subject is particularly sensitive. And I think it's important that we at least get it out here, you know, because at least nobody can yell at us right now, I suppose. But, that's you know, I I just – but it is – but, I mean, I just want to – for the record, though, I mean, I think we all would be perfectly – we would not lose a wink of sleep. If all those guys got canned right now, like, I mean, it, you know, it is what it is. We'd like to see it, yeah. but it's probably not going to happen anytime soon. So I think that we, you know, I'm not saying we should accept it necessarily, but we oh. should definitely be mindful of the situation. So that's, that's really all I'm going to say about it, I guess. But That's the beauty of our society, though, is that and a lot of people at home don't really understand the true meaning of freedom of speech. Freedom of speech doesn't mean you can say what you want and you can't. There's no yeah, it's, it's not freedom from consequences. No, yes. Somebody <laughs> can punch you in the mouth because what you said. Yeah. You, if there was if, if there was freedom of consequences, there would not be liable laws, right? <laughs> right. Liable, exactly. not liable, liable laws. However, beauty is you can say what you want and legally it's fine. So for, for Rob, the homie Rob, Rob Daniels, our brother uh, from the familiar chat, he was going through watching the Joe Coffee um, hype video that says he's coming back. And there are people just trashing the shit out of Joe Coffee. Yeah. And yeah. you know what? He earned that. He did. He got to live with that. He's going to, yep. I'm sorry. And it's up to him. Like, I mean, there's a lot of times people can get driven out of out of wrestling having to put up with that if, if, they, if they feel like it's just too much. You know, that could happen. So I, I am most 
insulted by well, of course, I'm most insulted about them doing the shit that they supposedly did. But I'm most insulted from WWE standpoint by them using the pandemic as a kind of hybrid kind of pseudo punishment. Oh, they've been off TV for six months. No, bitch, there ain't been no TV for six months. Right. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. Well, you ain't seen Joe Coffee since February. NXT UK ain't been on TV since February. <laughs> this is not a punishment. Yeah, what are it's we not. Doing? Uh, it's you know? just you know, and it's once again like we spent a good portion giving AEW the work, and WWE's got to get it too, man. Like there are all kinds of ways to be gross and egregious in anything in anything and this is one of the ways right here for wwe you know it just it's just it just reeks it's just gross and it's just you know i really i don't by the way i don't expect better i really don't because i mean uh, this is if this is if there's one thing we know it's to not expect better but that said i just hope that we can you know maybe maybe when their contracts expire maybe they won't bring it back who knows i don't know uh, to quote the great modern philosopher, Method Man, <laughs> cash rules everything around me. Preen, get the money. Dollar dollar bill, y'all. Uh, couldn't have said it better myself. I know Vince. I know Vince and that bitch just, just <laughs> blasting that Method Man, that uh, that Wu Tang album. <laughs> what, the, what the hell's a you? What the hell? What the hell's a you Tang, pal? What's a you Tang? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so this is a bit of an abbreviated show tonight, y'all, because uh, the world's happening, <laughs> so we got stuff to do. So we're going to end you with this long, drawn-out uh, <laughs> Hell in the Cell preview with all 27 matches. No. Yeah. Uh, like, this Hell in the Cell pay-per-view is like 17 darks in one night. Because, <laughs> like, AW Dark be having like 45 matches a night. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> like, I think the other night, I think last um, Tuesday or whatever, should time it come on, it had like 16 matches, dog. What Good are we Lord. doing? I ain't got time for that shit. But y'all mad Ben Carter signed with WWE? Hell, he can't. He wasn't getting paid. He got COVID. <laughs> he, he didn't have a work visa. And then you putting him five minutes on the YouTube show. What you expect? Yeah, he had okay. to go. Uh, by the way, me and Kyle recorded last week, and I didn't. I forgot to upload it. So there's a there's a there's a missing episode that maybe will drop. Maybe, maybe this a week two, a twofer, know. a potential twofer this week. You might get two. Yes, since this is looking like it's just gonna be me and Carl, maybe I'll drop them in tandem. That yeah. might work. Um. Okay. So yes, Hell in a Cell four matches. The first match on the card that's not Hell in a, that's not a, it's not a Hell in a Cell match. I feel like I'm getting TNA lockdown vibes. Are you? <laughs> Remember when they every match was in the cage? Yes. Um, shout out to AJ Styles versus Abyss. That still fire match to this day. Um, you guys said there's no long term storytelling. Well, Elias is back and he's pissed at Jeff Hardy because when Elias got hurt, that was when Sheamus. Did the drunk driving thing with Jeff Hardy and Jeff got Jeff got arrested. Yeah. He still thinks Jeff did it. So Jeff Hardy versus Elias. I know Elias is your boy. What you think? Who you got? 
Uh, I'm taking Elias. Uh, so, J Jeff, um, I am going to continue to take people against Jeff Hardy <laughs> until Jeff Hardy accepts his role as enhancement talent. Okay? <laughs> Jeff Hardy's going to have a title match before <laughs> Jeff Hardy is in his 40s. Enough is enough. Like, keep wrestling. That's fine. But stop winning championships, okay? Like, you move. He moves like my grandpa if he was still alive, which he isn't. But that's how he moves. And I just look. And I get the appeal, okay? Like, my daughter likes Jeff Hardy. God bless her. But it's okay. He can lose. We don't have to keep – maybe when the fans come back, he doesn't have to lose anymore. He can do no more words or whatever it is, and that'll be the end of it. No more. Elias has to win anyway. He's back, and then there's a rumor going out that big push coming, which probably means he'll lose. So, anyway. how many how many rumors have we had about a big push coming for Elias? I know. And then it, he goes three months without wrestling a match. Yeah, like, I know. What do we do? He hasn't like, really I'm, been all that interesting since he first. I like Elias, but I feel like he hasn't been that interesting since he first arrived. Just walking in the back, <laughs> doing the drifter thing, you know? There is nothing interesting about him as a character because as a character, his character doesn't care about wrestling. Yeah. He just wants so to until, sing. Yeah, so until he cares about wrestling, why should I care? What's the difference between him and William Regal? Agreed. You know, or him and Charlie Charlie Caruso. Like, they're just... He's just a guy outside the ring. Now, for the record, shout out to him. He Like, he's really gotten good. Like I'm talking about guitar wise and like oh music. yeah sure yeah we'll get that started, WWE studio album eventually with ten tracks on it. I got the first EP uh, on Spotify that had like four songs. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> um yeah I got Elias too. Elias can't can't lose the first match back. Um and Jeff Hardy is very Jeff Hardy's good for eating the pinfall. Oh yeah. Uh, I need Jeff Hardy to win, win, win the strap though, and win no more, more. When he has no more words back in this fans, I need, to, I need just one more entrance with the no more words beat and the fans cheering. Well, and don't worry, because it could be twenty years and that fucker will still be wrestling. So <laughs> I mean, you're gonna get it eventually, I promise. So you talked about people your daughter hates. One person your daughter hates that she shouldn't is the tribal chief. Oh, we're doing this match second. Okay, I like it. I mean, shout out, bro, shout out to the tribal chief. I just, I, I see, I know, I saw, this, I noticed the sleeves. Yeah. Um, I think this would be the main event, but I just wanted to make the journalistic. Okay. It's four matches. Who cares, right? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, the WWE Universal Championship will be defended inside Hell in a Cell in the first time ever in an I Quit match between the tribal chief, tribal chief Roman Reigns, and his cousin Jay Uso, and Two things about the match before I give it to you. One, Roman keeps saying there'll be consequences. He's going to say what those consequences are on SmackDown. Okay. And two, shout out to Jay Uso for not only not only getting past being a tag a tag team twin wrestler, but in getting a singles Hell in the Cell match against the against the champion. But shout out to Jay Uso for convincing Vince to continue this feud because it was supposed to end last month. Yeah. Um, so I don't think – I mean, I, we can predict it, but I, obviously we know Roman's winning this match. I mean, yes. I mean, if Jay Uso won the title on Sunday, I would literally 
shit my pants. However, the funny thing is, as great as the feud has been, as great as it's all been, I don't want to bloviate necessarily about Roman for this match. I want to bloviate about Jay because I just like the last last week on SmackDown after Roman had pinned Braun and Jay came out or not pinned. I'm sorry. After he choked Braun out and Jay came out, Jay's acting, the, the, the facial expressions, the, the worry on his face, the all the words okay all the things that you can essentially think of to say about jay uso he was fantastic okay i just want to make it very clear that this isn't this is the roman show but he this isn't near as good without the performance that jay uso has put into this and that's why he got another month of this by the way i'm telling it's not it's not roman it's jay because he proved that he could go out there and be absolutely fantastic be interesting i mean i am i'm super impressed man i I just i could not stop thinking about how good he was because we know roman's great but i just i couldn't stop like that's all that's been my biggest takeaway over the last two months is how great jay uso is like he's a legitimate legitimately could be a mid-card you know, a mid-card champion down the road. I mean, uh, intercontinental champion. He may go back into a tag team when his brother gets back. Maybe, probably. But we know that he has the ability now to be on his own because he's proven it. He's out there with the best guy in the world, best wrestler in the world. You know what's fantastic about what you just said? What's that? You just ex- you just explained explicitly in beautiful detail why Vince hates tag teams. <laughs> Because those guys can do it on their own? Because, legitimately, if you're good, like, you're going to draw more money as a singles guy than a tag guy. Sure. There is no person in the world who's meant to be in a tag team more than a twin. Right? Like, a a pair of twins are born from the womb to be tag teams. (laughs) Literally. And yet, Jay Uso is going to probably main event two pay-per-views in two of the most critically acclaimed WWE matches of the year. Yeah. Why should he tag anymore? That's why Vince breaks him up. And what I love about it is, and yeah, Roman's winning in a, in a conversation. Uh, it's not even a conversation. <laughs> um, you can. There's some tag teams where you can see, like, you knew we knew from day one Edge was going to break out more than Christian. We knew from day one Shawn Michaels was going to break out from the Rockers. Like, there, sometimes you know it. But then sometimes there are your hawk, your hawk and your animals, your Bully Rays and your Bubba Rays and your Devons, your Nick and Matt Jacksons, your Cash Dash and your Dax Dawson, <laughs> whatever you think their names are now, right? That you can't think of one without the other. And this shows you that what I love that this is showing is that so often we see that tag teams are superstars as a tag team. When you split them up, they're thought to be inept. Well, this shows that well, if we're this good in the fucking tag team, then of course we're going to be good singles. Yeah, and, and, and by the way, that doesn't th- this doesn't mean that Jimmy Uso is in route to being Marty Jannetty. By the way, like because by the way, he the the amount of time that he was in in the last match, he was also great. And a lot of it played, you know, with when he threw the towel in and did his thing. 
he was also great in that moment, which shows me, we know he can wrestle, which shows me that they can both be great on their own. I'm not worried about those things. And a lot of it may have to do with the fact that you're working with someone that you've been close with your entire life. And that helps, you know, you've got a chemistry. There's a rapport there with that. But at the same time, I mean, you still got to go out and do it. You know what I mean? Like you still got to go out and do it. Jimmy's older. Jimmy's better in the ring. Jimmy's a better promo. Jimmy's already more popular. You say Jimmy's older. You say Jimmy's older. Yes, but Paul Heyman says something. Yes, but Paul Heyman says something in a promo that's actually factual in the Samoan community. That just because he's older by nine minutes, it might as well be nine years in the Samoan community. Age matters in the Polynesian community. So while they're twins, that that age difference feels different right. than your standard twins. Then still makes me laugh though. It's, it's, <laughs> it is funny though. Yes, yeah. Is is a different thing than Nikki and Bree, right? Sure. Like their few minutes don't matter, but like to Jimmy, <laughs> that's why Jimmy and Roman hung out, and Jay was little brother trailing behind. Well, right. But they're twins. Well, no, because Jimmy's older. Sure. So okay. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Roman's gonna kill him. Like <laughs> I, but the one thing I will the one on thing Friday. that will happen, the one thing that will happen, and I appreciate about appreciate about Roman. I know we gotta move to the next one, but the one thing I appreciate about Roman is that the fact that Jay's gonna get his shit in. He's gonna oh, yeah. have an opportunity. Like it won't be a squash. I mean it'll be a it'll be a glorified squash, but it won't be like Jay is it will make you think for a second. You know, he might he's gonna make you think for just a second. I mean, you're not gonna believe it, but you know what sure. I mean. Sure. So. No, no, yeah, yeah. The, the belief will be there because Roman has always been one of the most underrated sellers in the company and in the business. Right. So he'll sell like hell, especially Super Kick and the Splash. You know it's coming. <laughs> yeah. um, so we have the WWE Championship being defended in Hell in the Cell. That's a surprise. Hell in the Cell again, right? <clears throat> um, yeah. Between probably one of the probably the best face champ in the business, Drew McIntyre. Uh, I mean, I love Naito, but his his title reign ain't been good. Sure, McIntyre might be the best face champion in the business against Randy Orton. This is the last match between these two. Who you got? I I'm I'm uh, I'm gonna go with McIntyre. Uh, the Hell in a Cell, like it feels like in feuds like this, the babyface should win the feud ultimately. As much as I'm, and I'm on the fence about this because I keep thinking, if not Randy, who, or if not, yeah, if not Randy, who, but they did just mix it up with the mm-hmm. brands. And there's lots of new superstars and fresh matches out there now to be had. So, because of that reason, if they hadn't just had a draft, I might lean Randy Orton here. It's going to be Drew. I'm not sure who's going to beat him. I'm not trying to speculate necessarily of who will eventually take the belt off of him, but. I know who I'd like to see, but Ooh. well, <laughs> I know who I'd like to see, but I think I would get laughed at when I say it. Jinder Mahal? No, 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 not no, not really. That would be funny, but no. Mustafa Ali. You're not gonna get laughed at. People love Mustafa. Well, I mean, I like it because he's in a he's just got revealed as the leader of a big fucking storyline, and he's now on the opposite end. He's a heel. He's on that side of it now. You know. So I like it, and you could easily make the case that he could win with help from his from his buddies. You know what I mean? So there's that. You, he could win by himself. Mustafa. That's that's he true. I just the way Mustafa they've built Ali Drew is one of the best wrestlers in the company. He is, but just the way they've built Drew, 
as this almost unbeatable guy right now makes it hard for me to like just be like, oh, he would beat him on his own. You know what I mean? But that said, sure. Drew is going to win at Hell in a Cell. I think this will be the – I think it's going to be a good match. I mean, I, all the matches oh, yeah. on the card look good except Elias and Jeff, which I don't care about. So, and, uh, Ten minutes of filler. I ain't mad at it. Yeah. Um, and, all of the, and all of the McIntyre Randy Orton matches have been good. Yes, they have. That surprised a lot of people, but they've all been good. Um, they probably have the best ambulance match, ambulance match I've ever seen. Sure. Um, r- real quick tangent up on your point about uh, Mustafa Ali. For those of you who were hating on Retribution getting beat by uh, her business in their first real match and whatnot, they're feuding with Mustafa. They're feuding with the her business, which is the best faction on on, on Raw, and the Fiend. They're doing okay. Yeah, they're fine. They're okay. They're <laughs> fine. Um. AJ Styles has his has his black diesel now. Were to were to wrap that one. Yeah. Uh, Big Jordan is fantastic. He's he he gets the business so well. Um, which if Drew wins is where it goes, but I'm gonna call a swerve. I don't see why you do a trilogy with Randy Orton and Randy Orton doesn't win. I just can't see it. <laughs> yeah, and that's I am very much on the fence with this, by the way. So yes, agreed. So um, if this match happens, which it will, uh, <laughs> we're gonna end our preview with the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship between Pam, aka Karen, aka Bad Bailey, yeah, uh, against Lord have mercy, them things be thanging Sasha Banks. <sighs> Lord have mercy, lots of toxic masculinity. That's okay. <laughs> it's accepted in this moment. I agree. Um, Bailey, Sasha, Hell in a Cell, their first get-together is in Hell in a Cell, which is interesting because, you know, we know Hell in a Cell to kind of be the feud ender. Yeah. But I think with a lot of, uh, <clears throat> unlike a lot of other feuds that they've had, that, that we've had, that the first match is in Hell in a Cell, I think this one may be apropos because of all the years of backstory between these two characters. That it's understandable that Sasha would want her in the cell first. Yeah, I think so. Um, and by the way, this is another one. Like, I think everyone kind of thinks that it's going to be Sasha, and I'm still very like, I'm still unsure. Like, it's one of these. So, I'll put it this way. I think this should be the main event. I know you and I know you said you think it should be Roman and Jay. Perfectly good argument that it could be that one. Great argument it could be Drew and Randy. Hell. Argument it could be a lot. No, I'm just kidding. But any of the three cell matches you could argue are main event material because they're extended feuds, extended good feuds. Personally, per, right. Personally, I choose this one because of how long it's been, how much we built to it, and it almost feels that it almost feels unfair if this is the end of the feud. It feels unfair. That they did all this work in the beginning of the year when COVID started to not get to main event Hell in a Cell. So, because... Yeah. Huh? What'd you say? I see what you're saying. I'm I'm thinking about it. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. So, with that said, I'm so hesitant to pick Sasha here because I just have a feeling that this isn't it for them. They're still on the same brand. You know, 
So this is they didn't they didn't switch brands. If they switched brands, I think it would make the decision a little bit easier. So much like you went for the Randy Orton swerve, I'm going with Bailey. I think that it's going to continue. I think that Sasha, she's gonna she's all right. She is like out for blood, of course, right? I just don't know, man. I just got a feeling some kind of nonsense is gonna happen, and Bailey's gonna pull off a victory. That said. That's the only wild prediction I really have. Because if Sasha wins, I'm not going to be surprised. So, I mean, ba Bailey's had the title over a year. I mean, th this, it's not like you can't take the strap off over of here. You Once again, you ju we just switched where we've got new, fresh competitors. So you can get away from Bailey and Sasha for a while, regardless of who wins, if you want to do that with, with new women on the roster. I'm still taking Bailey. Against my I own am. better judgment, by the way. I, I am... Like literally shocked. You think that Bailey winning is like isn't? I, I think Bailey's a favorite. Really? Yes. Let me tell you oh, why. Man. Two reasons. Two quick okay. reasons. Number one, Hell in a Cell always helps. The, always lends credence to the heel because right. the heel will always do more dastardly things than the Hell in a Cell mess in the face will. Sure. Number one. So it always leads. To the, the the heel doing better in the environment. Secondly, I think most of us feel and hope, but feel that this ain't gonna be it. It right? can't be, right? It can't be. All this work, one match, and then I'll see you later. So whether Bailey wins and you keep the feud going, or whether Bailey wins and injure Sasha again until the rumble. Some right. kind of way for the only way the feud continues in a sensible way is if Bailey wins to me. Bailey got to win, um, and and ultimately Bailey got to win because if she doesn't win, then while yes she's had a year long title reign, none of it's credible because everything she said was a lie. Right. And I, I forgot who it was, but it was some Hall of Famer that in, I don't, maybe it was Flair. Somebody said that if you're a heel, you can't like you can you have to believe in what you say. Yeah. Like like as a character, you can't tell the audience something and it don't happen. <laughs> That's true. So yeah, so uh, yeah, I got Bailey winning, and I'm shocked you think that it's that 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 is like a surprise pick. I think I have been coerced into believing that. That has to be Sasha Why by the inter by the internet world. No, not because of that. That means nothing. <laughs> if that was the case, she'd never lose the belt, bro. <laughs> like, come on now. But uh no, just I feel like there's you there's so there seems to be such a a huge fan base for Sasha Banks. Like, and you just it almost like they're all like frothing at the mouth, and you're just kind of like this makes sense. But once again, I still like like you, I don't think it's over, you know. So, I mean, I would assume it's also got to be. Sasha's a star. Be. And the only, the only person in the company who can match her star power, there's only three people in the company that can match her star power. That's Roman, and that's Charlotte and Becky. Like, and, and, to, be, and to be fair, the one issue that Bailey had with the four was that while she was probably the, the most versatile of the four, she had no star power. Right. Even with being lovable, she didn't have, like you nothing about her popped unless you saw the package. 
you can look at a picture of Becky, of Sasha, or of Charlotte, and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. Right? That Bailey has worked hard to reconcile that with this run. Um, and Bailey deserves her flowers because she's been fantastic. Oh my God. She's she, she's number one wrestler for PWI for a reason. Yeah. Deservedly so. So absolutely. Before we get out of here, quick question for you. Yeah. I, I want to know. So you know 30 WrestleMania 37 is reportedly gonna be in Tampa again. So they're gonna push back uh WrestleMania Hollywood. Yeah. Vince is determined to be in the damn <clears throat> uh Pirate Stadium, right? Yeah, gotta be. So the, the, there are rumors that you're gonna do Rock and Roman, and if you don't, Roman Biggie's right there, right? Sure. There's rumors gonna be Orton Edge, final time. Bing, bang, boom, and that, right? Got some big matches on the horizon. The biggest may be rumored that Vince is building secretly to returning Becky Lynch versus returning Ronda Rousey to main event. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm here for it. Are we, I Are mean, you? we haven't. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first of all, um. I now have to love Becky Lynch because that's my daughter's oh, favorite wrestler. Yes. So I have yeah, no choice. I, I, hate it. I have no look, choice. Look, look, let me understand. As a degenerate father, I trash McKinley's favorites all the time. I do accept her. I won't, not her number one. I leave her number one alone. The other one's like, it's questionable. Jeff Hardy, we've got to have talk, you know, but. My daughter's favorite wrestler is Carmella. So, bro. <laughs> yeah. So, but back off on, on subject, I'm okay with it. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, I wonder if it'll work as a main event. I mean, it will, but it will it because like they have been apart for so long and there has, they have, they don't really like Rhonda like lost. And then they didn't like, <laughs> like she, she's just been gone. It's not even, she doesn't hardly ever get brought up, you know, like Becky stuck around for a little while. And also you got to wonder like, where will Becky be physically? You know, it will take, you know, how much time it will take her to get in shape if she wants, if she wants to, you know, just with, with her having a baby, not that far removed from. Well, so, so Seth and Becky have both said that they want to kind of continue for a while with, with the wrestling thing. Um, so, so they, I think they're prepared for that. I believe Becky is due November. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I haven't followed that timeline. If there even yeah. is one, couldn't tell you. But so that'll that'll give her four months to get healthy. And Becky wears a shirt over her stomach, so it's not. This isn't an aesthetic issue. Right. No. No. It's not so much that. I would just be, you know, if you've, we've all. Granted, these are also world class athletes, uh, you know. But you know, I do. I have been. Um, I'm just trying to. I'm trying to get my words right. I don't have them. I uh, I know that it's a recovery process, you know, having been married, I've got a wife, she's had two kids, and I know, like, it's a recovery process, you know, and, and not that my wife is an athlete like Becky Lynch, but you know what I mean, like, it, it may be a mindset thing, still having a young baby at home, if it's a one-off, maybe Becky does it and doesn't, decides maybe I'm going to take a little bit longer of a break, you could do it that way too, I think, but, you know, I'm good with it, I'm not sure about main event. Not that I'm against that. I just, I'm not sure about it in terms of like fan interest necessarily. Well, well I was going to say, well, if there's fans, but Florida 
has opened up and become hell. So yes, yeah, there will be exactly. fans. But this is why I was hoping that they would find some way to extend Bailey and Sasha because Bailey and Sasha deserves the main event WrestleMania. 36. I do agree with you on that. I I don't see like that to me is surprising. Unless, <laughs> unless unless Rock shows up, then you can't be nobody else. I'm sorry. Hmm. Yeah, if Rock shows up, it's Roman. Uh, Jesus, the undercard can be Jesus versus Lucifer. Rock is made of vending that paper. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, man, let's get out of here. I know we, I know we got to go. Uh, tell the good people where they can find you. Uh, good people, you can find me on Twitter at OutsiderCurvin, K-E-R-V-I-N. You can find Kyle at Dr. S'mores. Uh, the show's at Outsiders Edge CS. At Outsiders Edge, Carl will buy you the same shirt he got for his daughter of Becky Lynch. <laughs> That's what we'll do for you, big dog. We'll do that for you. Yeah. Okay. For you only. Just for you. If you get us the damn handle. Please. I'm begging you. And please make me stop having to report you. <laughs> Just give it to me. Um. We're a member of the Chair Shot uh, Media Network where you always use your head. Yes, and your penis, but preferably the top head. Um, and uh, I don't have Kyle here. I don't have Kyle here to do the thing. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not good at the thing. So you, maybe you should do the thing. Well, you notice Kyle's taking the plugs from me, and I love it. Um, <laughs> okay, so uh, we here at the Outsiders Edge are just some. Um, Continuing to get old gentlemen who might say things that you don't like, like uh, AEW is a sloppy shop. Okay, I don't we know. Say, and we may some say some things you do like, like uh, Roman Reigns is the tribal chief. Look at you being on cue. Nonetheless, we are just out here doing our best. Live our dreams. And, and, and I hope you appreciate it. Because if you don't, we got not two words for you, but we got one word for you. Two words for you, yeah. Fuck you. Fuck them. Fuck them. Kyle. Kyle, come back. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>